worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And away we go on a beautiful day here in downtown Regina at the corner of 12th and Rose. But uh, our signal's everywhere. You can get it 620 CKRM on the AM dial. We can get this like... On a nice day, Zinger, no joke, when I was down visiting my son in Grand Forks, which is seven and a half hours away, downtown Grand Forks, when you were subbing for me, I could hear it as clear as a bell. That's awesome. Uh, uh, Calgary, you can get it just like about Strathmore. It's a little bit of bleed in because of uh, 630 Chad in Edmonton. But so our airwaves go a long way, but so does our app, 620 CKRM app. You can get us anywhere, man. I would love to see some texts if there's anybody listening right now in like North Dakota, Montana, anybody like yeah. driving around that area. Yeah. 306 936 6262. I just, that's just so cool to me. You know, pa- we have Americans listening yeah, to us. Yeah. Powered by the Capital uh, Auto Group. Yeah. What do we have? Terry in Montana, I think. He's a big time listener. Big time listener. We have, uh, who's Tony in Rhode Island oh, listening? Tony, yep. I want to say hi to Randy Peterson, who's a farmer that went on our sports cage trip. Randy's in the Frontier area. What a great guy. He's the guy that walked through the glass in Florida. They, <laughs> no, seriously, dude. They bandaged him up. He had a cut in his head. He, and I'm not even kidding you. He didn't miss a beat. He drank a beer. He was embarrassed because he walked through the glass. Believe me, Randy, been there before. And he watched the entire game and broke it down like nothing happened. And I'm serious. They had the EMS there and everything for the guy. He wasn't going to leave that hockey game for nothing. No, stitched up. I love it, man. We got great listeners. Dennis and Joan uh, listening in the QPAR area. Joan won a jersey that I gave away, uh, a Trevor Harris autographed jersey, and two rider tickets on the trip. So uh, she'll uh, be a benefactor of that. All right. So, Zinger, let's get right to it. Sports Cage shareholders, this is what you need to know. Yes, indeed. And um, the show is brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. The big question, Sean Kleisinger, is this. Will the Edmonton Oilers ever lose again? Here's the funny thing about this, Singer. The Edmonton Oilers are not a two-man hockey team anymore. Yes, McDavid had two and a helper and Dreisaitl had three assists last night. Hyman scored again. He's on pace for 58. But they are like tops, top 10 in power play, top 10 in uh, penalty kill. McDavid, what do you have, 60-some last year? He is on pace for just 33 but he's smashing guys. He got a penalty yesterday. Like, I really like what the Oilers got going here. Will they win? All these teams that have had these long winning streaks have never won the Stanley Cup. The Penguins, who hold the record, uh, 17-0-1 in the regular season. They won the first four of the playoffs, and they lost in the semifinal before the Stanley Cup to the New York Islanders. 
Second round, I guess, to the New York Islanders. David Volick oh. scored back in 92-93, and then the Habs would beat the Islanders and go on to the Stanley That's Cup. That's right. Ah, uh, yes, that is. Patrick Wallace. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. The, this sounds stupid, but the Boston Bruins are better than I thought. Get the stick around Marshall. Saved by Swayman. A big one. And now the Bruins, two on one out of the zone. Coil with Marshall. Into the zone. Scores! Yeah, Bruins TV, Nesson. Um, that was a great snipe down the left wing by... None other than Brad Marchand. You hate that you hate him, but you like him when he's on your team. He's the modern day version of Essatikin and maybe a little better. Just don't lick people, then I'll yeah. like you. Yeah. Uh, Pretty simple. All you have to do is not lick people. On are you ice. a Brendan Gallagher guy with the Habs? Uh I respect his game. That was a I know yeah. I know where you're going. Yeah, with that's this. right, because I call this gutless Gallagher. Just, then when you're playing wing, you get a chance to rest a little bit, Brendan. It's not like a centerman, you gotta go back deep all the time. Say hello to Brendan Gallagher, but Adam Pellick still shaking up on the ice. Hey, uh, this is Inzi here. I screwed up. Fast forward to the last two on the script there, okay? Uh, the last two on our script there, if you got the script. Because, uh, here, here you go. Because I messed up there. Uh, anyway, the Calgary Flames have dropped four in a row on home ice, losing to the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets 5-2. to two. Uh, Oh, ha, I don't have them on there. Sorry, bro. Um, 98-99. Uh, two big birthdays to celebrate today. Uh, you'll know this guy from Hollywood. <laughs> Mr. Baseball, Bob Euchre, voice of the Brewers. They strand two. At the end of two complete, it is Milwaukee nothing, California nothing. And now the funniest joke I ever heard. These two ball players went duck hunting. They were out in the marshes for over an hour. They didn't get anything, didn't shoot anything. Finally, one says to the other, I wonder why we haven't got any ducks. The other one says, maybe we're not throwing the dog up high enough. <laughs> Bob Euchre turns 90 years young today. Still doing Brewer games, too, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. I like Bob Euchre, of course, on Major League. They turn this place around, I'd be sitting in the front row. <laughs> Another one of his. Uh, guess whose birthday it is today? Uh... This anniversary of the Packers beating the Patriots in a Super Bowl. Well, that's is not it? really a birthday. Is it? Yeah. Is it? That was the one where you, your first one you remember. That's yep. when you became a Brett Favre fan. That's when I became. That's the day my fandom was born. Ballsy. You still have. You still have that uh, sweatshirt. Yeah, it's beautiful. I wear it like six times. Okay, so a week. what do you remember about that game? Because you, you're barely, you barely could remember anything then. Yeah, I remember after the long touchdown pass, Brett Favre to Andre Risen. Remember that one? Bad Moon Risen. Yeah. Yeah, when Brett Favre took off his helmet and he was running down the field mm. I remember that play and for some reason I remember one of Reggie White's sacks vividly in the mm. second half I remember that yeah. and I remember the post game celebration I remember uh, John Madden saying something about no one can ever take this away from you something, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know that I'm paraphrasing but I remember you said John, something like that John and Pat did the game they were a great combo we'll get to the birthday in a second let's get to some CFL stuff the, the other birthday I mean today of note Argos re-signed two-time all-star linebacker Winton McManus we were talking about McManus maybe being one of the guys to follow Corey Mace here maybe Adarius Pickett is the guy that's the guy I kind of favored I like Adarius Pickett I know you're a McManus guy good signing by the Argos it's a great find by their personnel department headed up by None other than, um, oh, his name's slipping my mind now. John, 
Murphy. John Sh- Murphy. Mr. Yeah. John Murphy. Uh, Stampeders re-sign leading rusher Diedrich Mills. Uh, maybe that spells the end for their other outstanding running back, who uh, Kadeem Carey. Kadeem Carey, who's a free agent, right? Um, Johnny Augustine signing in Winnipeg, re-signing there, the former Guelph Griffin. Still nothing on the dotted line from Dalton Schoen or the running back extraordinaire Brady Oliveira. And the Chicago Bears have hired former Rough Rider CFL MOP as uh, a quarterback's coach. He uh, was with the Seahawks. Gary Joseph, now with the uh, Chicago Bears. He joins us after 5 o'clock. Love that news. What's funny news about the Bears? They're interviewing Joe Barry for their defensive coordinator. Yeah, you'd, you'd like that. <laughs> but uh, I can't laugh too hard because the Packers are interviewing a Brandon Staley, so I'll just sit back and ooh. shut my mouth. Um, oh, no. <laughs> uh, no, you don't want that. You want Joe. You'll be begging for Joe Barry right away. Okay, lastly, uh, NHL, what do we got on the docket for the NHL yeah, we tonight? we got a couple games tonight. One, two, three, four games. Vegas and New York taking on the Rangers. Florida's at Pittsburgh. LA Kings at Colorado. And the Seattle Kraken at home to the St. Louis Blues. Don't forget, we're your voice of Pats Hockey. The Regina Pats at Lethbridge to take on the Hurricanes. Our pregame show at 7.30, play-by-play at 8 o'clock with Dante. And he will join us, actually, at uh, 2.40, 3.45, sorry, 2.45 his time. All right. I think I know who whose birthday it is. Yeah. He turned 63 years old today. This was... The evening where he came into the game five shy of 50. And here's how it sounded with, I think, a young John Wells on the call. Don Cherry was his color commentator. A goal away from 50. He has played 38 games. Callaghan being chopped at by Watson. To the side of the net. Glenn Anderson now moves to the near boards. Gives it to Coffey. His quick shot wide of the net. Gretzky to Dave Lovelace. To Gretzky. Gretzky inside. Gretzky, 63. Now, it's hard to compare Eris, but here's a stat to let to, to let marinate for a second. Think about this. It's not a, some big revelation. Nobody dominated their sport when they played like Wayne Gretzky. If Wayne Gretzky never scored a goal, he's still the all-time leading scorer in NHL history. Now, do I think Connor McDavid might be the most talented guy to put on skates? When it's all said and done, yes. He might not have all the records. But Wayne Gretzky, if he never scored a goal, is the all-time leading scorer in NHL history. And an ambassador for the game, too. 
great ambassador for the game. I had a Wayne Gretzky LA Kings poster in my room when I was from four to nine years old, I want to say. Yeah, go to so, so random. Go to break. Get out of here, Kings. I don't know why I this is Steinberg Slants on 620 CKRM. A look at the NHL and CFL with veteran Calgary Flames broadcaster and CFL.ca contributor, Pat Steinberg. And welcome back to the show. Corner of 12th and Rose. Head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Let's say hi to our friend Pat Steinberg, Fan 960 in Calgary, covering the Flames and also doing some CFL work over at CFL.ca. Pat, welcome to the show. The Calgary Flames have lost four straight. That was an ugly one last night, but Shillington's back. That's a nice silver lining there. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, it's it's kind of like the one saving grace of what we saw last night because that was you used the, the right word that was ugly that was hard to watch so it's uh, it, I, I I guess I would come away from that game on Thursday night against Columbus they lose five two they played well in the first and then were just dreadful for the final forty. And I, I would come away from that saying the only success story is the fact that Oliver Schilling can return for the first time in about 20 months, Ballsy. It was, it was a long road back for Oliver. And the last time we saw him, he was a bonafide top four, pair, top four defenseman, top two pairing D-man, and was a really important part of this team's blue line. Obviously, you take as much time off as he did, and it's going to take a little while for him to get back there, but he looked great last night, and it was a real, it was a real rough road back for him. Like he had, he had a lot of demons he was dealing with. There was, uh, there were some pretty dark and hellish times for him. So to see him back and to see him get into a game was a really, really good feel-good story, and one of those things that at the very least you could walk away from last night saying there was something good about it. Because other than that. Other than Shillington playing and playing well, and other than the fact that, you know, a couple of other young players had decent nights, that was a pretty dreadful night. And all of a sudden, they've got, what, 34 games to go? All of a sudden, it looks pretty dire for this team and a trade deadline that seems more and more clear what this group needs to do. There you go. That's where I was going. We're approaching selling time, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, I still think there's an interesting debate to be had about Noah Hannafin and and whether or not the Flames should think about signing him to a longer-term deal and, and maybe identifying him as the one pending USA that you could give an extension to. But otherwise, I don't know, Ballsy. Like it's, it's, a, uh, it's a team that seems like it has made a commitment to get younger and a team that has the opportunity to really reshape itself on the fly here it would seem really, really strange if they didn't take advantage of some of the good return, great return even, they could get for some of these guys. And I don't even know if it needs to stop at just those three big-name UFAs. I mean, I think there are a couple of other names that you could point to and say, hey, if the Flames are getting calls on these guys, I think at the very least they need to listen, whether that's a Jacob Markstrom, if there's a team really willing to pay the type of price that a team should pay for a bona fide number one goaltender. I think that you have to, at the very least, entertain that. Same is true if a team is is more interested in perhaps going after a guy like Dan Wadar for a you know a, a lower impact goaltender. It just it just seems like if they don't take advantage of the opportunity they have, 
they're missing a big-time chance to really reshape their team. So, look, there's still 34 games left. It's six points out. I'm sure they'll get closer to a playoff spot, and I'm sure they'll get closer to being competitive between now and the trade deadline. But I, I don't know if that should change their actual approach in terms of the way they go about handling this trade deadline because I think you know they're well over halfway through a season. I think the signs and, – and this team was essentially the same – Last year, too, I think you've got some pretty clear signs about what this core is and what you're working with. So uh, as a broadcaster from afar, I'm disappointed in the Ottawa Senators and I'm disappointed in the Buffalo Sabres. As a guy that's right in the middle of it with the Flames, are you, is this a, is this a disappointment, uh, disappointing year? Like, you know, you want to be in the playoffs and everything like that. Or is this kind of where we thought we'd be with, you know, with everything going on? Um, I still think it's disappointing because you're still talking about a team that, you know, they're a little less capped out now, but they started the season right near the cap. They let, let's, let's, if you dial it back to July of 2022, when they made that blockbuster with, with Florida and Matthew Kachuk went to the Panthers and they got Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger back in return. You know, you're, you're sitting there thinking about this team, especially when they went out and got Nazem Kadri a few weeks later and signed him in free agency. You're thinking to yourself, boy, you know, maybe this team has an opportunity to be as good or, or at the very least as competitive as the group that was uh, playing Edmonton in the second round of the fall, uh, in the, the spring of 2022. So you thought, man, they've, they've got a really opportunity to the very worst kind of stay even keel. And then last year was a disaster. They played 82 games where uh, they, they, they just at no point looked like a team that should really be competing for anything more than a bubble playoff spot. And this year, I think we said to ourselves, and I think a lot of people talked about, especially with a new head coach and Daryl Sutter being moved on from and a new general manager. And I, I think a lot of people looked at this team and said, well, if Jonathan Huberdeau bounces back, because the first year that was a really tough year, it was a big adjustment year for him. And if Mackenzie Weger continues to play well, and if they, they get uh, a step forward from Mackenzie, uh, sorry, if they get a step forward from, from Andrew Majapani, who had a, a down year the year before, and and you just point to three or four other players, and Jacob Markstrom bounces back. You're like, man, this team could could absolutely be a team that competes for a Pacific Division playoff spot. And here they are again on the outside looking in. So I, I think it is still disappointing because I think there were expectations that maybe year one uh, with Gaudreau and Kachuk gone was, was just a down year, and this group is still capable of more. And I guess the disappointing part of it is that Maybe we're seeing now because 82, 48, that's 130 games or whatever. Yeah, I think that's 130 games they've mm-hmm. played with essentially this same core, and they've been the same team. 130 games of this being, at best, a bubble playoff team, and the expectations were just so much higher than that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do think it's disappointing, but at the same time, I think the opportunity that's in front of them to reshape things and to go in a different direction at the very least, it, it, it also gives you a silver lining of excitement that maybe something different could be coming. Because I'll tell you what, in, in covering this team for as long as I have and being in the city for as long as I have, this team being a bubble playoff team and getting on hot streaks and falling back and you know finishing just good enough to get a bad draft pick or a middling draft pick, but not quite good enough to be a playoff team, that's kind of what we've been used to for the last 10 or 15 years in this market, and, and I do think it's time to change that. Uh, lastly, 30 seconds. Who do you got? Uh, AFC, NFC championship games. 
Uh, okay, I've got uh, I've, I, I, mostly because I just don't want to see the circus of the Chiefs in <laughs> the uh, in the Super Bowl. I'm going to go Ravens, but I really think Baltimore is is playing just a, an unbelievable level of football. So I'll go Ravens, and I think the Lions are a team of destiny. I know they're going on the road for the first time in this NFL postseason, but I'm going to go the Lions to upset the Niners. I know San Fran is playing ridiculously good football too, but I'll go Detroit and Baltimore in uh, in the Super Bowl, which I think would be an awesome story. Some some new looks in there would be good, Baltimore. Yeah, for sure, Matt. Pat Steinberg from the Fan 960 in Calgary covering the Flames and doing some great work on CF fl.ca we'll get into stamps talk next time thanks for your time enjoy the weekend thanks ballsy talk to you soon that's pat steinberg joining us on the western pizza hotline we'll be back with more of the sports cage in a moment here on 620 ckrm senior hockey is very important to each town it's played in and it's important to us too time now for the senior hockey reports it is the senior hockey report on the Sports Cage, the Monday Nooner podcast guys are here. It's always brought to you by Synergy AG, your crop input retailer with locations all across Saskatchewan. And those guys and girls love senior hockey. We appreciate everything they do for senior hockey. All right. It's provincial time. It's league time. Little bit of everything going on across the province when it comes to senior hockey. Brandon provincials only one game last week out of the gate really early Balcaris and Musiman Balcaris 4-2 was the final you got some insight on that game I watched the second and the third on home team live and uh Balcaris won the game but the score doesn't tell everything it could have gone either way Musiman actually outshot Balcaris about 45 to 33 type thing uh, Belcaris's goalie was the difference. Belcaris played a deep, heavy game. I don't think Musiman's seen anything like that, but, uh, great hockey. If you get a chance to get out to one of those games or any of the provincial games, it is, uh, it's fantastic. That game had two former NHLers and a bunch of former, uh, Western Hockey League stars. It's, it's the best time of year for senior hockey. That's for sure. We'll keep it provincial style this week on the sports cage here. Shane, we got games going this weekend in senior a Bethune hosting Drake. You still like Drake to, to, to win another banner. We always say you can't, if you want to be the champs, you got to beat the champs. That's why I like them. Shank. I don't know if they're going to go into Bethune and get much done. Drake's deep. They know how to win. And I they're I'm taking them. I take them on my money line every day. That's right. Saturday provincial style in Leroy, Saskatchewan, the St. Wahlberg's Eagles, St. Wahlberg Eagles. If you listen to the Monday Nooner podcast, you heard the drama. They got kicked out of their league earlier this year. They came back in, they entered for provincials. They got the long drive Saturday to Leroy to take on the Braves. Also another team that's really not in a league this year, Brennanberry. They're, they put in a provincial team, a lot of yeah. old veterans, right? Some of the guys I think haven't played in how many years, Shane? Two, I heard. Some guys haven't played in two years, so it'll be interesting. At least two years, Brennan Barry. Th- guys. I think they got that Taylor Thompson stud, right, that we mentioned on our other show. He led yeah. the Sask East in scoring. He's going to be uh, he's going to be their best player. He'll be sneaky good for that team, for sure. It's a not a bad game to take in Saturday night in Davidson. Watch the Brennanberry Cougars in there. And then Sunday, the one provincial game, the Kenora Cobras. 
in Rosetown to play the Red Wings. So that's a senior hockey talk on the podcast this week. We had we went through all the leagues as they're winding down, and then we also had our top ten. A couple new teams in the top ten and some new honorable mentions. Lots going on. Find the Monday Nooner podcast anywhere that you find podcasts or listen to podcasts. All we talk is senior hockey, and then yeah, we just have a lot of fun. So that's it for Synergy AG, a crop input retailer, back to the Sports Cage Studio. The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Friday show is always brought to you by Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 60 five years and let us chat about something that's passionate to me and to a lot of the listeners here it's the canadian football league the canadian game in general and i'm joined by bruno branco he is with pro stats canada and he has just put out a book called bush league i love it uh bruno because that's what i hear all the time bush league cfl's bush league bush league uh welcome to the show well thanks for having me i appreciate it so Give us a bit of background. How long have you been a fan? So I'd say uh, I've been a fan maybe since like 2008. Like I'm a a son of Portuguese immigrants. We didn't follow North American football growing up. Uh, I actually ironically got into the CFL via the NFL, started watching that first, became a fan of that game, and then realized that we have our own game up here and thought I'd give it a whirl and, and fell in love with it. So how did you stumble upon the CFL? Uh, yeah, like I said, I I started watching uh, the NFL, and you know I I understood that there was a league up here. I started watching some of the Argos games. I went to a couple of games, and you know uh, it, it it just intrigued me because there's a lot of things that I found about the CFL that actually improved the the experience for me over the NFL. Like for example, the difference in the game with regards to the touchbacks, the kicking rules. I just think CFL did it right, like it's doing it better, uh, and that kind of kind of hooked me, I guess. Favorite Argo of all time? Oh, favorite Argo of all time? Uh, I'm going to say probably Ricky Ray at this point. Nice. How I mean, old? How old are you? Probably more Edmonton than anything else. Yeah. How How old are you? If I, you don't mind me asking, I'm a 50 year old guy. How old am I now? Yeah. About uh, 41. 41. Okay, good. We're around around the same uh, age bracket. What'd you think of that American expansion? Well, here's the thing. You know, this may be an unpopular opinion, but I actually think that American expansion, if done right, could, you know, could work. For example, I've always thought that the market in St. Louis, I mean, previous to the uh, the XFL and now the UFL or whatever it is, I think the market of St. Louis would have been a market that probably would have worked quite well. Uh, but the way they did it, going down a, you know, Shreveport and all these other, you know, way out of the way, deep south places, I think that was a mistake. Yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm with you, Bruno, because I think Portland, Oregon, where they had that one preseason game one time, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, right where it's by the border, no chance of an NFL team, and where they know kind of Canada and where the CFL markets might be, I think that could be the way to go. Now, there's challenges, the dollar, the ratio, but uh, if, if you really want, the Americans love to spend money. I know that. My kid's playing down south. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, let us talk, Bruno, about, you know, here, here's one thing I've always said. The CFL or Canadians, not all of them, but a lot of us, we don't 
We don't get behind our own until the Americans legitimize us. And and I think if people read this book and they hear Chad Ochocinco and Ricky Williams and Warren Moon and the Jeff Garcias talk about it, they may have a different opinion on the league. Is that what you kind of find? That's exactly, exactly right. And and it's sad that it is that way. But realistically, yeah, you're 100% correct. We, we sort of have a tendency to disparage our own things until, you know, Big Brother in the States approves of it, and then we like it. Uh, and that we see that all over the place with, uh, you know, all kinds of different artists and whatnot. Now, the reason I titled my book Bush League, like you mentioned, we it, it's a title that uh, I was born and raised in Toronto, so I'm Torontonian. It's uh, definitely one of the, I guess, monikers that is applied to the CFL quite often in this area of the country. And once I started to realize, you know, that there, it, it wasn't, in fact, uh, a moniker that, that, that should be applied to the CFL because of the high quality the CFL actually is. Uh, I, I decided to use it as kind of an ironic title for my book. Sort of uh, the, the subtitle of the book, which is if they were good enough, they'd be in the NFL. That's the ridiculous oversimplification that, you know, a lot of people in my, uh, in my neck of the woods use to sort of, you know, sort of end the argument, right? You, if they were good enough, they'd be there, and, that, and that's that. So let's not even talk about it anymore. Yeah, so what you do well, and I'm halfway through the book right now, really enjoying it. In fact, this will be a plug for the book, because I really don't like to read. I never have, whether it's in a in a hard copy form or on my phone. I don't. I just don't like doing it. I know that sounds bad. It helps with your vocabulary. Anybody that listens to the show will be like, oh, yeah, the guy doesn't read. But anyway, anyway, Bruno, I'm reading it, and what I like about it is you have used data that's not overwhelming where you, you kind of get drowned in the numbers and where, where you're like, okay, you compare apples to apples with your formula. Maybe kind of Cole's noted for me where you would, uh, you know, be able to compare what this guy did in the CFL if he played in both leagues or what he did in the CFL with a comparable in the NFL. Yeah, so, so the, the concept is actually relatively simple, right? If there is, in fact, a talent gap, and if it is as enormous as, you know, the naysayers believe it to be, then it should be something that would be quantifiable. Almost everything in life can be quantified, right? There would be some sort of differences. I use a very radical example in, uh, for example, if you play, you know, beer league hockey and your statistics are fantastic, you're scoring three goals a game and making three assists every game, you know, you're the best in, in that league. But if they were to transplant you and put you in the NHL, you know, inevitably your production is going to decline because you're just not as good as they are. It's, it's it, you know, there, there's no way around it. So, I figured that, that there, there should be a way that we would be able to measure how a player did in one league and then how a player did in the other league and sort of contrast. So ultimately, I'm comparing a player to himself. And a lot of people, uh, they'll take something like, for example, a player that signs down south and, you know, makes a practice roster or is cut prior to training camp type of thing. It's like, oh, they were just conclusively not good enough. But the reality is they didn't even get on the field in any capacity whatsoever. So obviously the factors that, uh, you know, brought them to be released have nothing to do with their play or their ability. Yeah, so Bruno Branco from... Uh uh, from the book Bush League and also his uh, Twitter feed, ProStats Canada. Let's use one example, and it's pretty vivid. This guy, this guy came to Saskatchewan, uh, played in Saskatchewan, and I think he suffered an injury in a game in Saskatchewan. He was Ricky Williams, and we. One of the arguments is, well, if they come up here, they're washed up. I just want you to, without giving too much of the book away, that's a prime example of a guy that went on to some more great years in the NFL after his time in the CFL, which wasn't overly spectacular yeah exactly so 
you know, <laughs> that idea that, you know, because Ricky Williams came up here, he did relatively well, right? He was one of the top 10 running backs in the league. Uh, but the reality is a lot of the people, a lot of the naysayers will say, well, yeah, of course he did well because, you know, he was already garbage. He was washed up. But the truth is, once he left the Argonauts, he went back to the NFL and ultimately ended up rushing for, he ended up uh, rushing for another 1,000-plus yard season five years after you know, his time in the CFL. So he rushed for 2,900 more yards uh, at 4.3 yards of carry and scored 19 more touchdowns after leaving the CFL. So, in fact, if he was, in fact, washed up, you know, then he wouldn't have been able to do that. But yeah. he does. Yeah. So it kind of lets us know that it's, it, you know, he wasn't washed up when he came up here. He actually, you know, tried. He was doing well. And it's just, it's a, it's a shock for a lot of people to see a player that was, you know, an all-pro and, you know, not destroy the league. Because there was, there was a lot of pundits back in those days that were saying that, you know, Ricky Williams was going to rush for 2,500 yards and score a billion touchdowns, which obviously didn't happen. I, I will... Um... Leave us with this. Let's let let's bring this up here. So when you when you did this book, there's one phrase you used in the book which I loved. It's a league of underdogs, a league of second chances. That's what I love about it. It it really is that where just because of politics or whatever or where the kid played his college, he's looked down upon. And we see that here in Canada. A lot of people don't think Canadians are that good because they went to U Sports and not down south. It's it, it's I can speak in my own backyard. I I I can speak in my own household. So it really struck a chord with me. But is there something in writing this book that opened your eyes to validate your argument or make you think the other way? Uh, well, obviously, to validate it, like, ultimately, I believe that the numbers do uh, lend themselves to my theory. But even more than that is the testimonies of these people, these players, these coaches, that have actually been there and done that. Now, I, I use reference to a fictional character I created called Dave, the NFL-only fan, and this guy is essentially representative of many Torontonian NFL fans that basically swear by the NFL and you know uh, don't believe in anything else. And if we listen to their voices, we're going to say, well, yeah, obviously the CFL is, is, is a garbage product, but let's... Let's talk to the people that have been there, that have played in both leagues, that can actually say, you know what, I was there, I experienced the play in both, these are the differences, and this is what I believe. I think ultimately that is worth more than anything else. That's first-hand testimony, right? These people have been there, done that, and experienced it. And if Ocho is saying that, and if Delvin Bro is saying that, then I'm going to take their word for it. million percent. Bruno Branco, it's been great talking to you. His uh, book is called Bush League and a great follow. Uh, Pro Stats Canada on Twitter. You want to check out uh, that follow too. Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it and uh, job well done. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate your time. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Shows brought to you by Nelson Homes, applying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Michael Ball and Sean Kleisinger at the corner of 12th and Rose, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Uh, Sean, that text line is 936-6262, so they can text in. Let us know where they're listening from. We're going to give them a shout-out. So you can check that text line while we tell you that all our guests come to you via the uh, Western Pizza Hotline. Doesn't that sound like music to your ears? Perfect pizza with a generous amount of toppings plus Greek food like souvlaki, ribs, salads, all the goodness you can't make at home. Call Western Pizza today. Yeah, we have a text on the text line. Hi, listening from... 
La Paw County Park in Arizona. My name is Val. Hi, Val. That's what I'm talking. That's what we yeah. wanted. Wherever you're listening, could be just down the street, could be in Arizona, could La Paz be County. I think I said it yeah, wrong. In Montana, oh, Arizona, wherever. Give us a give us a text at nine three six sixty two sixty two, and we will. Give you a shout-out. Make you famous. Uh, Johnny Augustine re-signing with the Blue Bombers. Canadian running back. Stan Peters re-signed leading rusher Diedrich Mills. Argos re-signed two-time all-star linebacker Winton McManus. And Kerry Joseph, you know him, former Ryder great, was with the Seahawks. Now he's the quarterback's coach with the Bears. He joins us hot off the presses at 5.15. Last time we tried to get him, he was knee-deep in water. Literally, his apartment got flooded by pipes that broke probably because it was unseasonably cold where he was all right let's head out in the western pizza hotline and talk with the voice of the pats dante DeCaria. he'll be gracing these airwaves later uh, about three and a half hours time the pregame show seven thirty, eight o'clock face off because they're an hour back of us they're in lethbridge a uh, stretch of three straight road games welcome to the show dante Palsy, what's going on? How you doing? Just hanging around, buddy, and talking some sports. Can't get any better than that. Now, you guys, I was for, at that game. Before we get to the actual on ice, the uh, Pats uh, had the uh, Nickelodeon night with that Patrick Star jersey pink, blue numbers, lime green pants. By the way, I'll just speak for myself. Play-by-play guy's nightmare. I'm not going to lie to you. Play-by-play guy's nightmare. I'm glad they only wear it once a year. But it was for a great cause. Almost raised 20 grand, right? Yeah, and it's actually the second of four specialty jerseys that will be worn throughout the year. We had our cancer awareness night earlier in the season, and we raised a lot of money through that, uh, through cancer research. And then, of course, this uh, this past jersey auction was around $20,000, which is awesome, and that goes... Um, to the Children's Miracle Network. And then uh, the next two ones, it's, uh, you know, the fan jersey, which will be at the end of February uh, by Superstore. And then uh, we've got our Indigenous Appreciation Night, which will be on February 10th. And we'll be wearing orange jerseys there as well. Hey, uh, just give me a second here. It's two pet peeves I have. Two pet peeves I have in broadcasting. Number one, when people say losing streak, it's not a losing streak. You don't aim to lose. You aim to win. It's a winning streak. It's a losing skid. The other thing that people screw up is they call it February. You called it February. That's why you get the clap. Oh, thank you. I, I actually never thought about that. February. Got to pronounce the R. Hey, by the way, that you've been at every game. I haven't. That's the grittiest win this year for the Pats. Am I right? The last one against the Tigers, 5-4 overtime victory, Zane Rowan scoring? Yeah, I mean, Michael, they had to overcome three different deficits throughout the hockey game, so it's probably right up there. I mean, they played, what is it, 44, 45 games so far this season. So, yeah, I would agree with you. I think probably their best one of the season in terms of you know how they played as a full team in terms of a full 60-minute effort probably came back on December 15th here in Lethbridge, and that was actually their last victory mm. on the road. So I think we could look as far back as December 15th being probably the best, I guess, full team 60-minute performance. And I, I think we need to kind of look back at that game because I think that's what the Pats are going to uh, potentially try to do tonight yeah you know what Dante you don't have to put on a sh- you're a young team you got new pieces but you don't have to put on a show on the road you just keep, it could be ugly it could be one nothing off a guy's head with uh, 20 seconds to go that's how you have to do it to get get going on the road yeah no I mean hey the Pats have picked up points in four of their last seven road games I mean that's a lot better than losing nine in a row from the beginning of October until December 15th where they snapped that nine game losing skid as you would say 
And, uh, you know, it's nice to get points on the road, Michael. Uh, a point on the road is a, is a good point, that's for sure. You want to win those home games. The Pats have a much better record at home versus the road. But uh, I think this road trip goes a lot farther than just points or wins or losses, to be quite honest with you, Michael, because this is the first time since all these new players came in via the trades by Alan Miller. It's the first time that they're together on the bus. It's the first time they're actually together for an overnight road trip. So uh, to me, that's extremely important to kind of, you know, have every bond to everybody bond together. And, and I think the month of February is uh, going to be extremely important for this Regina Pats team because, uh, you look at another overnight trip at the beginning of February, and then you look at the end of February being that long U.S. road trip. And I think it's going to be incredibly crucial off the ice for the team. Ewan Huey, can I ask a question? I know you don't pick him. How does how isn't Ewan Huey a star in the last game? That was a head scratcher to me. That guy was outstanding. He was a he was no, a shoot to win board. I want to raise my hand. That was my fault. That was okay. my fault, Okay. That was, I picked the stars. I appreciate you doing that. That's great. Because the last thing I was going to say to you, not that it matters to you, but I think, I've told you this off the air, but I think it's worth saying on the air. You've really developed your uh, your shtick as a broadcaster. I think you're, you're calling the game well, uh, like in terms of describing it and telling a, a great picture. Mike, my, my last question to you is, when you get new kids like this, it's kind of uh, energetic for you too, because you get to learn different stories and tell those stories on the air. Yeah, there's just been a lot of change. And, uh, you know, I'll be the first to say that uh, a lot of the guys that, that, that uh, were traded away were, were guys that I started with, so they were mm-hmm. really special to me in my heart. I think there's only a few guys left from my first year with Regina Pat. So uh, that's a little bit of a you know an emotional swing for myself, to be quite honest with you, Michael, because my first year in the Western Hockey League, you had guys like Ballas and Berg and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and, and now they're gone, and, and Bedard and... You know, Howe is obviously still here, but, you know, when, when he eventually ages out or moves on to pro hockey, it's it's going to be hard to see him go because uh, these are the guys that I started with. But uh, at the same token, it's uh, really exciting for myself to learn about these new players and learn some new stories and new personalities and learn about their families and get to know their families because that's, to me, the best part of the job is building relationships. I mean, I had the opportunity to go down to the morning skate today. Uh, tonight, um, as we'll air on the broadcast, they're going to be raising Brent Seabrook's jersey oh, in yeah. the rafters here at the NMAX Center in Lethbridge. I had the opportunity to quickly chat with Brent Seabrook today at morning skate, and he's just a fantastic individual. And maybe going back to my comment about building relationships and meeting people, you know, uh, morning skate's so fun for me when you're on the road because you go over to the opposing team's locker room, do some interviews with some players and coaches, and had the chance to you know talk briefly with Bill Peters and Matt Andholt and Peter Andholt and Brent Seabrook. It was it was a really fun morning to be quite honest with you, and that's the part that I enjoy the most. Maybe circling back to your original question on learning about these new players and stuff like that. Obviously, there's about five or six or seven different guys that I'm trying to learn about in a short period of time, but. Thankfully, these are players that are going to be here for the future, so I'm really looking forward to getting to know them and their families. Have a great call tonight, man, on there at 7.30, play-by-play right around 8 from Lethbridge. Thanks for your time, Dante. You got it, Michael. Thank you. Dante DiCario, voice of the Regina Pats. This is the uh, Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Sports Cage shareholders, this is what you need to know. 
Michael Ball, Sean Kleisinger here. The show is brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. We love our Western Pizza here on the show. You know that perfect pizza with a generous amount of toppings, plus Greek food like souvlaki, ribs, salads, all the goodness that you can't make at home. Call Western Pizza today. And our texts come to you via the uh, Capital Auto Group text line 936 6262. And uh, we were asking you to start the show. Where are you listening from? I want to say hi to uh, Al and Cy, who are listening. Al uh, here in town. And uh, Cy, they were on the trip. He's in Mexico listening. Subway Cy, tree guy. Uh, also, hello, guys. This is Trevor listening to you too from Tampa, Florida. Now, he's got a Saskatchewan number, so he's there on holidays, or maybe he lives there. Some guys that move away still keep the Saskatchewan number, like Sam Steele, for instance. He still has a 306 there. So, yeah, you can weigh in on anything you want. We'll give you a shout-out, like Trevor listening in Tampa, Florida. Coming up, we got our Chase the Ace Lottery. See Cindy Fuchs walking up here to the door. We'll hopefully get somebody to let her in here right away. Um, trying to give away some money. The Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Do I got to hop up? No, you'll be okay. Um, National Football League playoff singer. Let's get to it. Who do you got in the AFC Championship game and why? Uh, I have the I have the Kansas City Chiefs winning. Very, very close one. Baltimore's going to have some type of lead, and I think Kansas City's going to find a way. And... The San Francisco 49ers are going to come away with a very close game as can, well. Can you call that number? we got to get a hold of that guy. I almost forgot. Vance is his name, okay? If you can call him, that'd be great. Right. Sorry, buddy. Actually, you know what? We'll hold off. We'll get to him in a second on a break, okay? Um, I got the... I got the... Um, I got the uh, Ravens winning that game. I think they'll win by 10 points. Mm-hmm. And then I'm hoping the Lions win the... NFC Championship game, although I just think the Niners are going to do it. I think your team gave the Niners a wake-up call, and they will not sleep on the Lions. That's what I feel. I feel like it's a Super Bowl. What was that, 40, 45 rematch or something like that? I want to see the Chiefs and Lions for the reason I said earlier in the week. Yeah. It's the ultimate... David versus Goliath. Polar opposite yeah. Super Bowl, running roughshod. They've never been to a Super Bowl. Because you look at the like the polling across America this week of fans who are, for who are they cheering for. Yeah. Majority of the nation is cheering for the Baltimore Ravens over the Kansas City Chiefs, and the majority of the nation are cheering for the Detroit Lions over Yeah. Over the San Francisco I'd be okay 49ers. With that. That's so re- imagine what it would be yeah. like if those two teams in the, yeah. were in the Super Bowl. That'd be a rematch. Of it the would se- just be Missouri and maybe a bit of Kansas that'd cheering be, for. That'd be a rematch of the season opener yeah, when the be. Lions beat uh, Kansas City to start things going. And everybody's like, mm, maybe these Lions are for real. That's a good one. I just I don't know that San Francisco. I hope San Francisco loses because I don't want Blaine Wyland to walk around gloating. Let's just be honest. Our teams aren't in it, so I don't want anybody's teams to be in it. And I don't know any Chiefs fans in the building. I don't know. Any, the only Lion fans I know are. Corey, Corey, uh, the newsreader, Corey Atkinson, and my buddy Corey Borson, Kyle Borsa. They know, they love the, the Lions. Did you hear me offer uh, Blaine Wyland my signed Jerry Rice picture earlier on in the no. in the week? No, and he wouldn't. I, I, met, I, I met the GOAT 
back I know, in 2015, I know, I know. and then I offered it to Blaine, and and he was just so excited. So I feel like I have to like give it to him now because I was kind of I said it in, in passing, but now I I've cornered myself. So that's just stupid of you. Why would I do something? Why like would that? you do that? Hey, I still got my picture taken with him though. That You're, means yeah, more to that me. That means than, more to you. Than, yeah, yeah. Than, yeah you uh, were there. Memories picture. up here, yeah. up there. Yeah. We're gonna take a break and talk about what's going down in Wolseley and hear from Daniela Ponticelli too. This is the sports cage for Nelson Holmes on six twenty CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Our Clutch Performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent Dealer. Give them a call, 781-1077. Let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline and talk with our Clutch Performer. He's the face of this uh, interview, so he's going to be our clutch performer, but there are many around him helping him pull this off. Coming up February 3rd in Wolseley, their minor hockey day, uh, it is uh, Vance Weber. Vance, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay, so tell us about what's going down in Wolseley on February 3rd. Well, it's our minor hockey day out in Wolseley. We're going to be having uh, games starting Right off the morning at 9.30, we've got U7, U9, U11, U13, U15 games. And then later on in the night, we're going to have a uh, Junior C Mustang game going on as well. Awesome. Uh, we're using this as kind of like a promotional to run up to our um, run up to our uh, run for Craft Hockeyville. Um, if you can't make it out and still want to support us, though, uh, check out the Wolseley Sportsbook Facebook page, and um, you can either buy some lotto tickets we've got there with a lotto license through SLGA, or you could even find out instructions on how to support us and nominate us for the Craft Hockeyville. Just fill us in here. Uh, what do you win if you win Craft Hockeyville? $250,000 is the grand prize. Mm-hmm. We have a ice plant that is on year 43 of a 25-year design and needs to be replaced. Yeah. Uh, we've got some amazing fundraisers who in the last year have raised $95,000. So if we were to win it, it would put us over halfway to our goal to get this replaced, and we need to get it replaced. Halfway? Holy cow, that's a pretty expensive piece and vital to a rink. You need, you need that. Yes, we do. With no ice, no new ice plant, we're not going to have a rink. But we are looking forward to replacing it. And uh, I know the citizens of Saskatchewan uh, who listen to CK, CKRM like to help us out. I like to help each other out, and I have faith that they're going to come help us out in Mosley. I grew up, uh, my grandparents uh, in Indian Head, so just neighbors oh. right down right down the road there. So I've been to the Wolseley rink. Do we got great burgers in there and stuff? What do we got in that rink? Oh, for sure. We got burgers. You name it, actually. Our deep fryers are always running, it seems oh. like, for the games and tournaments. Yeah. Uh, there's people from all across southern Saskatchewan that's come out to, ter- to tournaments uh, here, and we're hoping anybody who's got a memory can think about how good our rink treated you and maybe uh, drop us a line on that craft hockey, though. Tell you what, the two central places, well, three, it's like, where do you go get your hair cut? I guess four, maybe. Where do you get your hair cut? Where do you go for coffee? Your church and your hockey rink, man. Like the hockey rink is the and curling rink center of the community right there. Oh, you got that right. And, and you know what? So many people have so many great stories and memories. Great place to spend a Friday night as a rink rat or as an adult or a senior citizen watching your grandkids play, for that matter. You got that right. What's your favorite memory in that rink? Oh, my goodness. There's so many of them. Uh, Just recently, though, um, just recently, though, just watching all of our kids, we just got a U15 team back together. We'd lost them for a little while, 
And so there's a bunch of communities pitched together. We've got a U15 back together. And watching their first game back on that ice at that level was amazing. Uh, the first time the Mustang Junior Seas won the uh, their their league, um, right, off, right off the get-go, I think they started up five or six years ago in their very first year, and they won back-to-back, actually, championships. That's great memory. I, there's so many of them. I couldn't give you one, actually. <laughs> That's awesome. You gave us a couple of great ones. So quickly, again, give us the details on uh, how they can help with uh, the Craft Hockey uh, Day or the Craft Hockey Campaign, but also your Minor Hockey Day here February 3rd. Yeah, so Minor Hockey Day, February 3rd. Come out, watch a game, buy a burger. Uh, it's great entertainment. If you want to help us out, just go to the Wolves and you can't make it, just go to the Wolseley Sportsplex Facebook page. And uh, you can buy some tickets. We have a leap year lottery with the first prize of $1,000. It's $10 a ticket. You can buy them online through our Facebook page. And then finally, there's also some instructions on how to plug us for uh, Craft Hockey Bill for that big $250,000 prize, which will help us get that new ice arena. Okay, Okay, man. So you, uh, you, uh, as a guy that's been in this business going on 29 years, I got to say this, okay? I'm jealous of you, Vance Weber. What do you do for a living? I'm a financial advisor and a hobby farmer. You have an unbelievable voice. You got a radio voice. You could be in radio. I'm jealous. I sound like a 13-year-old in puberty, and you've got that voice. And you're like a hobby farmer, not anything against hobby farming. And you're like, great voice, man. Great voice. Well, I appreciate that. Now, only my wife would want to hear me talk as much. (laughs) Well, I can't help you out there, man. Hey, uh, thanks for your time, Vance. Have a great weekend. You have a wonderful day, and thanks for the support. Good luck. Yeah, thank you, Vance Weber. Uh, Yeah, I need luck. I got to try to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna play this back in podcast form and just see if I can't mimic his gold, your golden tone, Sean and Vance Weber. I now have uh, sunk to new. New insecurity lows. This is the Sports Cage, and uh, we got more coming up here. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Friday show is brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. We're here with an old friend, Daniela Ponticelli, uh, who uh, was doing some sports casting for us, mainly on the Ryder broadcast for a couple of years, and now she's in the bigger time. She's uh, on TSN CBC. You see her with the Professional Women's Hockey League. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Michael. So tell us how, uh, how it's been going for you so far. I've watched a couple of games. You're doing a nice job. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, it's been great to think that it hasn't even been a full month. February 1st, that is officially the first month of PWHL. And it's just been nonstop. The hockey has been great, which, you know, we all we all had high hopes and expectations for. But to see it all play out as it has, has been phenomenal. So many close games as well. Half of the games played already. It's been three, two finishes. So it just shows you how close the contests are and the, the parity in this league already. Yeah, uh, just talk about maybe what an eye-opener it's been in terms of the uh, the quality of play, the parity, things like that. I wouldn't say it's too much of an eye-opener in the sense that uh, there was certainly a high expectation with the, with the level of skill these stars were bringing to the game. But I will say it has been absolutely incredible. The physical play uh, is exactly, you know, what has been um, what the women's game has wanted to showcase. Right, all of these these good hits, clean hits, 
have been phenomenal to see. It's happening a little bit in the U sports level. I've seen it there, but to now have the consistent officiating to go along with it has been remarkable. So we get to see the physicality of these athletes, the strengths, the speed. This game is fast and very, very skilled. So in that in that part, it's been great to see. So you're a national broadcaster, so when I interview Glenn Suter, he's got to kind of toe the line. He can't uh, sway one way or the other. Do you When you do a game, do you dress uh, a neutral color? Because he never puts on the color tie of the team, one of the teams he's broadcasting. Yes, I'm the same way. I definitely, if I'm going to wear anything of a color that might be uh, one of the teams playing, I sometimes I'll wear both colors, right? <laughs> yeah. Like a red and blue blue combo because uh, I do like my colors. I like to be a little bit bright on air, but yeah, I'm the same way. I'm not there for one team or another. I am calling more Toronto games given where I'm now located, but uh, there's such a great mix and I really enjoy the atmosphere in all the Canadian barns so far. Great energy, not only the sold out crowds, but the ones that are near sellouts and Ottawa, especially very, very loud fans. Yeah. Expand on that for me. Cause that was going to be my next, uh, uh, line of questioning, you know, what is the vibe like and is it better in Canada than the state, so to speak? Okay, that's, ooh, I mean, I'm always going to be biased towards Canada. I think we've got great hockey fans. I've only seen the Canadian crowds live. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are so loud, though, and uh, Montreal has really turned up. I, it's a party, Michael. It's a party in the in the, the atmosphere there. It's not like some other games I've seen or been part of. Sometimes the lights will go down during the intermission, and it's like a disco in there. It's really something. Um, but I will just say, I think the Canadian fans bring the passion. So I'll just say, and Anecdotally, I think the Canadian crowds rock. Of course, Minnesota, though, what a show they put on for their home opener. 13,000 plus wow. fans. Yeah, that's real good. Daniela mm-hmm. Ponticelli joining us here, old friend of the show. I don't mean old, but you know what I mean, a familiar friend <laughs> of the show. Don't want to say that. So in, in, in terms of, you know, uh, looking at this uh, at this league, the one thing that I do have a problem with or the kind of bugs me, and maybe you can step in, we don't have team names. I'd love to see us have team names like the Ottawa, the Montreal. Can you? I've heard a kind of rumblings as to why, but can you just uh, fill us in from what you know? All I know is what's already out there publicly, and that the names were uh, definitely are not were are definitely coming. Uh, that is that's no question. There will be team names and all of that. Mm-hmm. All I know is. There were uh, some trademark names. It didn't receive a lot of public, you know, the public was yeah. mixed on it, to put it politely. But whether that l- led to a determination not to move forward, that I am very unclear on, so mm-hmm. I can't speak to that. Mm-hmm. It's more so, you know, there's names out there. The teams are discussing it. The league is looking at it. But the biggest priority with the four months that the league had to be to, to come from announcement to actually playing was getting a CBA in place. They're the first ever professional league to do that, to have a CBA in place before starting. Uh, that was huge. And making sure that players were, were paid and making sure that everything was good to go. And so much happened in four months. You had a draft. You had uh, venues and schedules and all of that. So I think, from my understanding, it was just that those other more important items took uh, – priority. Yeah. Okay, a couple more questions for you, Daniela Ponticelli. I, I know we called games together on Access Now. Uh, you hosted a mm-hmm. panel there, but what's it like being in some of these venues and calling the games with the uh, colleagues you're calling them with? 
Oh, it's been amazing, right? You're just, I, you always learn. Like, I learned from working with you. I learned from working with Luke. And then I learned from working with the likes of Cheryl Pounder and Becky Keller. So it's been such an incredible experience from that perspective to work with so many titans of this game and people who have put in so much time and know what it's like to be on these stages. It's just so much fun. And you get to know the crews really well, too, because it's kind of a small family once you get going, even though we're hopping city to city. It's a lot of the same faces, and that has just been, yeah, it's been life-changing in the best way. Speaking of life-changing, you moved away with your uh, boyfriend now, Adam, the dogs. Uh, how's life in the big smoke? <laughs> it's been good, although I feel like I'm not really home all that much. Yeah. Uh, but it, it has been really, just really great. Again, that you know, you, you touched on it. I moved for other reasons, and it just so happened that all of this lined up in the perfect way with what I've been doing in my work with the University of Saskatchewan Women's Hockey Program. Uh, so I'm just absolutely delighted that it all lined up the way it has. Really? So, Daniela, you, not to get in your kitchen too much, we don't want to, to be TMZ radio here, but I was always wondering that. Did you have something on the front burner when it came to work, or was it you went for the relationship and then you uh, this all fell into place? I guess that's what you said. I made the decision to at least verbally made the decision to start moving this way for that personal relationship uh, earlier in 2023. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's one of those things where, you know, you feel like, this is what my goal is. This is my plan. And you're going to try to work towards that. You never know fully what's going to happen. And so as things came into shape towards the fall, it made sense. It looked like it was good. But still, you know, you're, you're kind of moving along. I've been a contract worker the last uh, three years. And so I kind of figured, okay, I'm going to take this leap and see what's there. And so it worked out that a lot of the work I had done with the women's hockey prior to this, just set things up, had some conversations. I did audition, but all of this happened within the couple of weeks that I was moving here. And so, uh, yeah, no word of a lie. That's the truth. It just all, it truly did line up that way. All right. So you got a game to call tonight. We appreciate you on a game day taking time out of your schedule. I know how busy a game or a game day is like that uh, from, uh, from that chair. Who do you got tonight? Tell us about the game. Yes, Toronto versus New York. It is the league opener rematch where New York mm-hmm. spoiled everything for Toronto for nothing. Got the first shot out as well in the PWHL. Ella Shelton scored her, her first goal, first goal of the league as well. So I think uh, obviously Toronto wants to win this one bad. They need it for the standings too. They're one third of the way done after tonight in this inaugural season. That's how quickly 24 games goes, right? And that's the thing too. These teams are all vying to be in the top four of the six to get into playoffs to try to get a shot at that first championship later on. And uh, this is a big one tonight. They also are looking for their first home win. Last Canadian team to do that. Daniela Ponticelli, thanks uh, for uh, our uh, professional working relationship. I consider you a friend, and it's uh, I get a kick out of watching you on TV. You're uh, you're trailblazing there, so continued success. Thank you so much, Michael. Appreciate it. All right, it's four thirty-two with the sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. Three games in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League tonight. The Humboldt Broncos and Estevan to meet the Bruins. The Flint Flom Bombers up in North Battleford to meet the Stars. And the Nipawin Hawks way up in LaRange, Saskatchewan to meet the Ice Wolves. All those games uh, drop the puck at 730 tonight. 
The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report, a look at what's happening in our three-down game. And we are getting set to do our weekly draw for the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation Chase the Ace. Michael Ball has moved down the hallway. He's in the big boardroom. He's ready to go. Cindy Fuchs from the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation also in there. But before we get to that, we have some news and notes going across the Canadian Football League today. Uh, remember Kerry Joseph? Yeah, you do. 2007 Great Cup champ, MOP, you name it. Big news for him today. He will be the new quarterback's coach for the Chicago Bears. So it's going to be very interesting to see which quarterback he is going to coach. Will it be Justin Fields? Will it be Caleb Williams, quarterback from the USC Trojan, uh, Trojans? Will it be somebody else? Time will tell, but we do know one thing. Kerry Joseph is in Chicago. Elsewhere, the Toronto Argonauts have re-signed two-time All-Star linebacker Witten McManus. He's a stud all-star, you name it. Uh, Stan Peters have re-signed Diedrich Mills running back, so does that mean the end of the era Kadeem Carey, one of the best backs in the Canadian Football League, so he might be playing elsewhere next year. And more running back news today. Johnny Augustine has re-upped with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Just down the hall, as Sean said, in the boardroom, getting set for Chase the Ace for the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. But first, want to tell you, if you watched the game last night, Patrick Waugh returned to Montreal with the Islanders, uh, and one of his players, Pellick, got a uh, nasty elbow to the head by the Habs' Brendan Gallagher. Gallagher just got a five-game suspension, which, oddly enough, we predicted on the sports cage. It's a dirty little place, so he'll get a deduction in his old paycheck. And But he'd probably still has money to get in on this lottery, but he'd have to be in Saskatchewan to do it. Uh, right. This is uh, Cindy Fuchs joining me here. Welcome back to the show. Hey, happy Friday. Is that a new uh, rider sweatshirt you got on there? I bought it before Christmas. Looks They're good. Store. I love it. Looks yeah. really good. I'm wearing awesome. the one that Mark gave me. It's the... Uh, I started being the voice of the riders in 2022, so it has ah. ball 22 in the back. It's, I nice. like CJ Rebus too. He's one of my favorite players. So nice. kind of lines up and 22 is open on the board. So before we get to this here, let's just do a retake for people that maybe don't know. I think that sometimes in this business, we think everybody knows what we're doing. So, yep. um, we have a weekly prize and then we get a, a, a big prize. You can win the weekly prize right now, $985. So right. regardless of the envelope that you pick, and whoever we call and they answer, they get that $985. Right on, yeah. Then they get a chance to win the big prize, which is we're right around $30,000. And so how do they go about doing that? Well, they have to pick a card or mm. an envelope between 1 and 52. There's a couple of numbers that are gone yep. already. And if they pull the Ace of Spades, which is actually a picture of Jorgen Hoos, our long snapper, mm-hmm. um, they win the grand prize of 20, just about 30000 Oh, Because we had, we had Cody, right? Yeah. We had uh, Brett, Braden Lenius. That's right, yeah. Yep. And uh, we're now on to uh, Jorgen. Jorgen Hughes. Yeah. Yeah, this is only the third year, hey? Well, it is. The first year we didn't we didn't have a player. We just had the Ace of Spades. That's right. That's right. And then I thought smart and said, let's oh, yeah. put a player. You've always ace, been right? smart, but there then you you're go. like, bing, the light bulb went off. Exactly. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. and 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 importantly, well, first let's pick it, then we can talk. Yeah. So let's That's go right. here. We're going to roll it here and see who we got for a winner today. Okay, we have someone from Saskatoon, okay. David and Lois Wilson. Dave and Lois Wilson. Okay, so we can uh, get Travis to go down. You can follow live, too. We're live on uh, online, so you can check it out. Now, the money that is raised 
goes to the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. That's a big name, but right. big banner. Where does that money go? So when, when we raise this money, uh, some of it goes to amateur football, yep. some of it goes to our reading program, mm. and some goes to our Win With Wellness, the mental wellness program. And this Chasey Ace, we're also supporting Ronald McDonald House. Okay. So that's new this yeah. year. Um, they do some great work. We've spent some time, and actually Jorgen's done some barbecuing mm. for them mm. um, in Ronald McDonald House, and families are really like um, the opportunity to be closer to that hospital. He like there are a lot of great Canadians, but he'd yeah. be like a perfect. Uh, he's a perfect representative. He's a great looking guy. Like he's a model. Okay, like yeah. he's a model. Oh, I've yeah. done dinners yeah. with him. The girls are lined up. Now he's married. He's got a kid. Everything. Yeah. But I'm just saying, he's from Saskatoon, yeah. but played his his university ball here in Regina and and lives in Regina here during the season. That's uh, you couldn't get it. Best of both worlds, north and south, right? And the longest standing rough rider. That's right. Right now, good to go. Yeah. Okay, so we're good to go, Dave or. Lois Wilson? Yep. Okay, who do we got, Dave or Lois, or both of you? Uh, no, just myself. It's David. Okay, David, where's Lois? Lois is my mom. She's in Saskatoon, but we're just not at the same place right okay, now. Okay, okay, <laughs> that's good. But but does mom know? Now, listen here. You got 985 bucks. You got to split it half season with mom, or do you get it all? Yeah, I would split it with her. Yeah, you got it reluctantly. She brought you into the world. I guess you got to give her that much, right? Okay, exactly. So, so Dave, uh, how are you feeling about the new team, like the uh, Corey Mace and the, the new regime here in Ryder Nation? Looking forward to it. I think we'll have a great year next year. Yeah, so Dave, do you and Mom drive down for any games? Because I, I really have a lot of respect for, I joke about Saskatoon and stuff, but I got a lot of respect for the fans that spend all the time and the energy and everything driving down, PA, Saskatoon, wherever it is. Yeah, my mom and dad have had season tickets for years, and then my mom has uh, gone to a few of the games, and then we kind of whittled it down a little bit, but we definitely attend the games for sure, so. Yeah, you stop at the A&W and get yourself a teen burger on the way back or whatever? You gotta. You're there as the Dairy yeah. Queen, one of the two, right? I always call it the dysfunctional family A&W because that's where the <laughs> divorced families drop their kids off. I've been there many times. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, we're taking this off on a different tangent. So you kind of know how this works then, right, Dave? You you followed along if you bought tickets. Okay, so you get to pick a number between 1 and 52. Right now, we've got 8 gone and 14 gone. So most immediate numbers, Mason Fine, who re-signed with the team. That's a good sign. Tevin Jones, who is yet to resign. Those numbers are gone. Otherwise, you got a full board. So go ahead and pick a number. You're looking for the Jorgen Hughes Ace of Spades. Got to go with George Reed, number 34. Oh, that's a good one. I love George Reed. Yeah, George Reed is a great, great, well, was a great guy, and his legacy will go on. Okay, so there we yeah. go. Uh, right up to the mic there, Cindy. She's opening it up. Gotcha. So you can hear that she's opening it up. You rip. can see it online. That's right. Get the rip. Right now, you've got $985, so that's already in the bank. Regardless. Oh, and it's a six of hearts. So six of hearts, uh, number 34 off the board. But, hey, split it with mom. You guys can go for a nice steak dinner. Maybe you can buy. Man, Cindy's got this great rider uh, uh, sweatshirt on so you can reinvest. But reinvest in tickets. Thanks for your, uh, your support of the lottery and the Rough Riders, okay? No problem. Thank you very much for the call. And say, hi to, yeah, and say hi to mom for us, okay? That I will definitely do. Thanks again. 
Yeah, it's awesome. I, you know, back quickly before we go, the amateur mm-hmm. football. The no, mm-hmm. you guys support that Northern League, which oh. I don't think people realize that's a great league. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of driving and a lot of things involved in that, yeah. right? So yeah, that's one of our that's one of our premiers supporting in amateur mm. football. We love all the other teams. No, yeah. don't get me wrong, but yeah. that one is like nine northern communities. They have a six hour drive, one way to play. Crazy. Um, they need buses. There's 200 kids that are involved. Here's the key, Michael. If they don't uh, do well in school, or they don't go to school. They don't get to play. So they're also getting their education at the same time as getting to play that it's great, great initiative. Football. Great initiative. Fantastic. Hey, before I let you go, I got yep. you here. Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. We've got a big uh, hockey game coming up next weekend oh, in Saskatoon. So Ryan Getzlaff's yep. on board now. I saw Andy Fantuz is going to be yep. a part of it. Lothar yep. was on the show talking about it. Well, they uh, all think they're great hockey players. Yeah. But, I don't know. But it was a great, it's a great initiative. Oh, uh, Br- yeah. Brett Lothar, brainchild, but he's a, he's one of your ambassadors. Yeah. And just talk about uh, what people can expect if they want to go there and watch this thing. Well, if they want to come, it's puck drops at 1230, but come a little bit early because there's tons of games on the mm-hmm. on the concourse there's puck uh, there's shooting games there's yeah. uh, football throws uh, lots of giveaways tons of giveaways so it is four quarters it's not a three-period okay, hockey game. I get it. mixing football. I get it. Lots of entertainment. Um, you'll get to see one of the greatest Saskatchewan players in in hockey. And oh, that's Ryan Getzlaff. Yeah. Like I'm just so excited to see him actually play, and with his brother, Captain. Ken. Well, that's what I said to Lothar, and he got I got the wheels going. I said we yeah. want to raise money. We should have it somehow where we can auction him off at halftime to the other team. Like oh, maybe we could get somebody to raise money to play hey. against his brother, and then we got cash. Like I, it's all about the fun. It's all about the charity. I know. You know what? I gotta, I gotta yes. forget that. Half time, you gotta, a great one. Gotta, anyway, yeah. so if people want to get on board with this Chase the Ace lottery, which will be yeah. back again, the pot will grow. Congratulations to Dave and Lois Wilson in Saskatoon. How do they go about doing it? Well, the, five o'clock, they can go right online, riderville.com, and they'll be able to buy their tickets. It's now, easy. this sounds like a lot, but it, what is it, a hundred? Is it a hundred tickets? Uh, 200 mm-hmm. tickets for a hundred bucks? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you That's, could, you and I could split, yeah. and your chances just go up exponentially. Exactly. Yeah. You get the, the opportunity to win gets way higher for you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you're looking great. You don't age. Thank so that's you. That's good. Oh, good. Or maybe it's a combination of that and the sweatshirt. Sweatshirt. Anyway, talk Thanks. to you later. The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back to the Sports Cage. Nelson Holmes, our sponsor of the show, corner of 12th and Rose in downtown Regina. However you're listening, wherever you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. 936-6262, the number to text. You can call that number locally or one 767 We call this Hodges Hindsight, a weekly look back at what happened in the CFL with John Hodge of Three Down Nation. Hodge, welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Happy to be here, Baldy. Thanks for having me. No big surprise. Drew Brown signing in Ottawa. Good move by the Red Blacks. Get it done quickly, and then you know how to chart the rest of your free agency. Well, absolutely. And, I mean, something that a lot of these teams will do, and you know, to my understanding, the Riders did it with Trevor Harris, for instance, last year, is, is once you've got your quarterback in place, obviously they can start working with the coaching staff. But the other thing is they can start working the telephone and, and start helping recruit guys to to your team. So obviously the CFL's negotiation window is not open yet. It will open soon. But the Red Blacks are in a situation where, hey, if, if they want to bring in a former Winnipeg Blue Bomber via free agency or, or guys elsewhere around the league, they can not only, you know, talk to the agents and stuff, but they can get Drew Brown on the phone and, uh, you know, talking to guys about – 
the plans they have in, in the nation's capital. And I think that's, that's a powerful recruiting tool potentially for that club. All right. So, uh, John Mason Fine resigning in Saskatchewan. A, were you surprised? B, what are you hearing maybe on the Jake Dolagala front, or what's your opinion there? I was surprised simply because, like, I, I remember, Ballsy, I was out in Halifax for the Touchdown Atlantic game. You were there as well. Yep. And, you know, M- Mason Fine had a month. Right, he had four games to to win that job, and this is not a guy who is a you know a wide-eyed rookie anymore. He had two full seasons in twenty-one and twenty-two, played a couple of games, started a couple of games, and you know one would think in year three he should be in a position where he can grab the bull by the horns and, and show that he could lead the team and, and win games consistently, uh, or at the very least be very competitive on a consistent basis. And he didn't do that, and the team though. Dola Gala went two and seven down the stretch. You know, I, I think the numbers certainly bear it out. I think the eye test bears it out as well. I, I think this was a better team with Dola Gala under center. So I, I was surprised to that extent. Uh, when it comes to Dola Gala, interestingly, he's changed agents since the end of the season. Um, you know, the, the, the official talking negotiation, legal tampering window, whatever you want to call it, is not yet open, but. To me, I have spoken to people around the league who think there's a chance he could end up as the number two with the Calgary Stampeders in 2024. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying that there is speculation on the part of people around the league that that could be a spot for him and might be an easier place for him to get playing time in 2024. At least I know if I was a quarterback right now, I would be more comfortable trying to win playing time from Jake Mayer than, than a guy necessarily like Trevor Harris. Yeah, sometimes I think aloud. So Corey Mace was in Toronto. Dukes is still under contract. You know, maybe it's something like, okay, well, because the Riders got to find their next guy. I don't know that fine is or isn't, but, uh, you know, maybe down the line, you're looking at a long-term play, too. I don't know. It's it's interesting. One guy, I was like, okay, will Winton McManus come here? Will, will uh, you know, Pickett come here? Will McManus signs in Toronto? But I... I think Darius Pickett would be the better choice anyway for the Rough Riders to look at. Well, that was such a spot of strength in Ryderville, right? For so many years with Derek Moncrief at that Sam spot. And I think, you know, no disrespect to C.J. Rivas, who I also like at halfback, but, you know, uh, Darius Pickett to me right now is is the best playmaking strong side linebacker in the CFL. And, and I don't think it's particularly close, all due respect to the other guys around the league. So, uh, yeah, I, I think a Darius Pickett would be a great fit there. I also think finding a Sam is a lot tougher than, than finding a Mike or a Will, right? There, there's a lot of stuff that, that, that is in common between the CFL game, between the four-down game down south for a Mike or a Will, right? When you talk to personnel people, they'll say, yeah, you know, finding a Will, you know, finding a Mike, yeah, they've got to be able to run. Not all American linebackers can run well enough to cover – up in the CFL of the space, but but a Sam is, is a harder spot to find because you need a guy who can run like the wind, who's big enough to play in the box, who can rush the passer. And Adarius Pickett is a guy who can do all of those things. Now, the Argo has also had to pay uh, an arm and a leg for Wynn McManus, and I think one of the reasons for that is they knew that the market, not just the Saskatchewan, but the market in general was going to be very strong for him. So the Argo's Credit to them for keeping McManus, but with what they paid him, over $200,000 reportedly, that will limit who else they can keep. So if, if, if a Darius Pickett is a guy that riders are, are, are looking at going, okay, he would look great in green and white, 
they they might have a little more leverage now with with Toronto having already spent a good chunk of their money on defense. Well, Riders got to look at the corner spot. Jamal Peters will be out there. So there's a there's a few uh, fish out there. The D line, Oakman, um, Barlow's another guy, Hendricks. So uh, I think we still will see a couple of guys follow Corey Mace over here. This is John Hodge joining us here for Hodge's hindsight a, a week uh, or look back at the week in the Canadian Football League. Uh, he's from Three Down Nation. Does great work over there. Uh, okay, so Johnny Augustine's back in Winnipeg. Peg, but uh, what's up with Oliveira? What's up with Sean? What do you What are you thinking? What are you hearing? I can't see. I think you said this last week. It'd be a tough stretch to see Sean back in Winnipeg. Um, but Oliveira, don't they got to get him done? I feel like they do have to get him done, don't you? I, yeah. I mean, he 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 was a two thousand yard guy in twenty twenty three. And look, I understand that, especially in the last ten twenty years the running back position has gotten less and less value. Yeah, but he, but Haji, but Haji, he's the (laughs) only guy in the CFL where the, where like from the running back perspective, where the offense goes through him. You can't really say that about any other team. The offense goes through him. Well, and, and the other thing, aside from how great he is with the ball in his hands, he is an absolute bugger in, in pass protection. (laughs) Like he does, such a great job at protecting Zach Kolaris, which is something that a lot of running backs really struggle with. When the ball's not in their hands, they become a liability. That's not the case with Brady. That being said, he's got an American agent who's, who's known as a very hard negotiator. Uh, I do think that there are other teams around the CFL with uh, you know some teams who have in the past invested heavily in the running back position who could look to potentially bring him in and make him the focal point of, of their offensive attack. So, you know, the, the Bombers, as much as maybe they were hoping Brady as a Winnipeg guy would just kind of say, oh, shucks, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll take what you're willing to give me. I mean, he made about $120,000 this past season. That's reaching his bonus for yardage. That's reaching his bonus for all-star. That's reaching his bonus for awards, all of that stuff. You know, he, he deserves to be, in my mind, in that $200,000 range. The question is, is $200,000 going to be enough to bring in Brady Oliveira back to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Because it's possible that the bidding could go up elsewhere. The market is going to be hot for mm-hmm. Brady This is uh, John Hodge from Three Down Nation. Hodge's hindsight, a uh, look back at the week that was in the CFL. Saw you were talking about uh, the touchdown Atlantic. It's not there. Atlantic Canada, maybe things have cooled off there. I think that, listen, I'm reading the tea leaves. If you're not going back to Atlantic Canada, I think, can we just get ready to shut the chapter on? Like, it's it, we've been doing this since I was a kid. Like the, the schooner room's great. They've got great fans, but let's be honest. Nobody's stepping up to the plate there, and I don't see it. It's time to switch directions. Maybe look at Victoria. Let's use Amar Doman to maybe look that way, and I hate to say it because you're in the Winnipeg land. Move the Bombers to the east. Like, we got to do something else here. Well, and there's a ton of communities in southern Ontario that even 10 or 20 years ago were, you know, essentially farming towns that all of a sudden have five or 600,000 people, mm-hmm. right? And, and the only sporting thing in town is like, oh, well, we have our, our OHL team. And no disrespect to the OHL, yep. but, you know, a, a city of five or 600,000 people, one would think, with the right stadium and the right ownership, would easily be able to support a, a CFL team, especially if they're, you know, quote-unquote, the only show in town. Now, Obviously, the stadium and the ownership parts are the toughest to get done, right? That's nothing to shake a stick at. That's why this Maritimes thing has not gone yet. But I agree with you, Ballsy. And the other thing I'll say is, 
the Quebec City issue, I think, is, is almost a non-starter from, from the people I've talked to. I don't think that there's a reasonable possibility ever of there being a team there. And the other thing I'll say is, in a recent interview he gave to the league's official podcast, Ambrosi said they're not even talking to Quebec City about expansion right now. I believe the quote was, they're having a conversation about putting together a plan to then go talk about Quebec City expansion, which means they're they're like they're still figuring out an internal strategy for how they will approach Quebec City. So like like anybody who's who's of the opinion, oh well, you know, if, if Halifax doesn't work, that's great because Quebec City's right there. Like no, Quebec City is not right there. The league is not talked to Quebec City. My understanding from my sources say Quebec City's not super interested. They're all in on the Laval Rouge or mm-hmm. they have an amazing program and a, a great stadium for that U Sports team. Um, so I, I would right now, barring a miracle cure, that, that silver bullet, I would say that the chances of the CFL expanding in the next five years is zero. Zero. John, this has been fun, almost on cue. We're right up against the clock. Have yourself a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. I appreciate you coming on. You too, Ballsy. Thanks for having me. John Hodge, Three Down Nation. Hodge's hindsight. Back with our last hour of the Sports Cage coming up here on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Sports Cage shareholders, this is what you need to know. Okay, so here's what you need to know. I'll tell you what you need to know. So we had our uh, we had our uh, guest lined up, Kerry Joseph. I've had him lined up for three weeks, actually. And when I inter- it was back when he's with Seattle still, or the whole Pete Carroll thing, and he was going to do an interview, but then the pipes burst in his apartment, and he didn't. He was going to do the interview, but his mind wasn't right, as you'd expect. So I canceled it. Then I saw today he's the Bears guy, so I quarterbacks coach. So I called him and said, "We do the interview." He said, "Yes." Well. Somebody else saw we were doing the interview, so they interviewed him, and now he got his hand slapped from the Bears because he shouldn't be announcing it because they haven't officially released it. So he will join us, but he will join us at a later date. So we tried to get him. We got hijacked. Happens sometimes. So I want to say, happens sometimes. But whatever, man. Hey, he's with the Bears, quarterbacks coach. They're also looking at hiring Joe Barry, right? Yeah, they are. And then your char- your team's looking to hire the Chargers guy, Brandon Staley. Why would they give that guy an interview? I don't know. I just crazy, crazy town. I'm a bit peeved right now. I just gotta take a moment. Me too. Uh, WHL Pats are in action tonight against the Lethbridge Hurricanes. It's a face-off of uh, eight o'clock, seven thirty pregame show. In the NHL, we've got uh, four games. And I don't know that any Canadian clubs are on the ice, but uh, I don't think so. No, uh, there is no Canadian action tonight. Pa- uh, Panthers at Penguins, Kings at Avalanche, Golden Knights at Rangers, Blues at Kraken. SJHL, we had two last night. Melfort walked into Wilcox and beat the Notre Dame Hounds 3-1, to and it was Humboldt over... Weyburn, I think, 3-2. to two. Tonight, we've got uh, Humboldt at Estevan, Flynn Flon at the Battlefords, Nippowin at LaRange. There you go. 
That's their SJHL action. CFL, we've already kind of touched on it. Brady Oliveira still not signed, but Johnny Augustine is running mate in the backfield. The Canadians re-signed with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Diedrich Mills is signed with the Calgary Stampeders, probably spelling the end of uh, Kadeem Carey, their uh, bell cow back, who had a bit of injury problems last year. So did Peyton Logan, as a matter of fact. Uh, elsewhere in the CFL, Witten McManus back with the Toronto Argonauts. So uh, there you go. That's uh, what we uh, need to tell you about and what you need to know. Uh, we've also got Sean Merriman coming up. He joined us earlier in the week, the two-time, uh, three-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, former Charger, former Billies in MMA fighting. We call it Sports Cage Rewind. We will talk to him, uh, and we'll hear from Pat Steinberg, too, plus our Pat Chat. You're listening to the uh, Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. This is Steinberg Slants on 620 CKRM. A look at the NHL and CFL with veteran Calgary Flames broadcaster and CFL.ca contributor, Pat Steinberg. And welcome back to the show. Corner of 12th and Rose. Head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Let's say hi to our friend Pat Steinberg, Fan 960 in Calgary, covering the Flames and also doing some CFL work over at CFL.ca. Pat, welcome to the show. The Calgary Flames have lost four straight. That was an ugly one last night, but Shillington's back. That's a nice silver lining there. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, it's it's kind of like the one saving grace of what we saw last night because that was. You used the, the right word. That was ugly. That was hard to watch. So it's, uh, it, I, I, I guess I would come away from that game on Thursday night against Columbus. They lose 5-2. They played well in the first and then were just dreadful for the final 40. And I, I would come away from that saying the only success story is the fact that Oliver Schilling had returned for the first time in about 20 months, Ballsy. It was it was a long road back for Oliver. And the last time we saw him, he was a bona fide top four, pair, top four defenseman, top two pairing D-man, and was a really important part of this team's blue line. Obviously, you take as much time off as he did, and it's going to take a little while for him to get back there. But he looked great last night, and it was a real... It was a real rough road back for him. Like he had, he had a lot of demons he was dealing with. There was, uh, there were some pretty dark and hellish times for him. So to see him back and to see him get into a game was a really, really good feel good story. And one of those things that at the very least you could walk away from last night saying there was something good about it. Because other than that, other than Shillington playing and playing well, and other than the fact that you know, a couple of other young players had decent nights. That was a pretty dreadful night. And all of a sudden, we've got, what, 34 games to go? All of a sudden, it looks pretty dire for this team. And a trade deadline that seems more and more clear what this group needs to do. There you go. That's where I was going. We're approaching selling time, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, I still think there's an interesting debate to be had about Noah Hannafin and, and whether or not the Flames should think about signing him to a longer-term deal and, and maybe identifying him as the one pending USA that you could give an extension to. But otherwise, I don't know, Ballsy. Like, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a team that seems like it has made a commitment to get younger and a team that has the opportunity to really reshape itself on the fly here it would seem really, really strange if they didn't take advantage of some of the good return, great return even, they could get for some of these guys. And I don't even know 
if it needs to stop at just those three big-name UFAs. I mean, I think there are a couple of other names that you could point to and say, hey, if the Flames are getting calls on these guys, I think at the very least they need to listen, whether that's a Jacob Markstrom, if there's a team really willing to pay the type of price that a team should pay for a bona fide number one goaltender, I think that you have to at the very least entertain that. The same is true if a team is, is more interested in perhaps going after a guy like Dan Wadar for a you know, a, a lower impact goaltender. It just it just seems like if they don't take advantage of the opportunity they have they're missing a big time chance to really reshape their team so look there's still 34 games left it's six points out i'm sure they'll get closer to a playoff spot and i'm sure they'll get closer to being competitive between now and the trade deadline but i i don't know if that should change their actual approach in terms of the way they go about handling this trade deadline because I think, you know, they're well over halfway through a season. I think the signs, and, and this team was essentially the same last year too. I, I think you've got some pretty clear signs about what this core is and what you're working with. So uh, as a broadcaster from afar, I'm disappointed in the Ottawa Senators and I'm disappointed in the Buffalo Sabres. As a guy that's right in the middle of it with the Flames, are you, is this a, is it, is this a disappointment, uh, disappointing year? Like, you know, you want to be in the playoffs and everything like that. Or is this kind of where we thought we'd be with, you know, with everything going on? Um, I still think it's disappointing because you're still talking about a team that, you know, they're a little less capped out now, but they started the season right near the cap. They let, let's, let's, if you dial it back to July of 2022, when they made that blockbuster with, with Florida and Matthew Kachuk went to the Panthers and they got Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger back in return. You know, you're, you're sitting there thinking about this team, especially when they went out and got Nazem Kadri a few weeks later and signed him in free agency. You're thinking to yourself, boy, you know, maybe this team has an opportunity to be as good or, or at the very least as competitive as the group that was uh, playing Edmonton in the second round of the fall uh, in the, the spring of 2022. So you thought, man, they've, they've got a really opportunity to at the very worst kind of stay even keel. And then last year was a disaster. They played 82 games where uh, they, they, they just at no point looked like a team that should really be competing for anything more than a bubble playoff spot. And this year, I think we said to ourselves, and I think a lot of people talked about, especially with a new head coach and Daryl Sutter being moved on from and a new general manager. And I, I think a lot of people looked at this team and said, well, if Jonathan Huberto bounces back, because wow, the first year, that was a really tough year. It was a big adjustment year for him. And if Mackenzie Weger continues to play well, and if they, they get uh, a step forward from Mackenzie, uh, sorry, if they get a step forward from, from Andrew Majapani, who had a, a down year the year before, and, and you just point to three or four other players, and Jacob Markstrom bounces back, and like, man, this team could, could absolutely be a team that competes for a Pacific Division playoff spot. And here they are again on the outside looking in. So I, I think it is still disappointing because I think there were expectations that maybe year one uh, with Gaudreau and Kachuk gone was, was just a down year and this group is still capable of more. And I guess the disappointing part of it is that maybe we're seeing now because 82, 48, that's 130 games or whatever. Yeah, I think that's 130 games they've played with essentially the same core and they've been the same team. 130 games of this being 
at best a bubble playoff team and the expectations were just so much higher than that. So, yeah, I do think it's disappointing, but at the same time, I think the opportunity that's in front of them to reshape things and to go in a different direction, at the very least, it, it, it also gives you a silver lining of excitement that maybe something different could be coming. Because I'll tell you what, in covering this team for as long as I have and being in the city for as long as I have, this team being a bubble playoff team and getting on hot streaks and falling back and you know finishing just good enough to get a bad draft pick or a middling draft pick, but not quite good enough to be a playoff team, that's kind of what we've been used to for the last 10 or 15 years in this market, and, and I do think it's time to change that. Uh, lastly, 30 seconds, who do you got? Uh, AFC, NFC championship games. Uh, okay, I've got uh, I've, uh, I, mostly because I just don't want to see the circus of the Chiefs in <laughs> the uh, in the Super Bowl. I'm going to go Ravens, but I really think Baltimore is is playing just a, an unbelievable level of football. So I'll go Ravens, and I think the Lions are a team of destiny. I know they're going on the road for the first time in this NFL postseason, but I'm going to go the Lions to upset the Niners. I know San Fran is playing ridiculously good football too, but I'll go Detroit and Baltimore in uh, in the Super Bowl, which I think would be an awesome story. Uh, some some new looks in there would be good, Bob. Yeah, for sure, man. Pat Steinberg from the Fan 960 in Calgary covering the Flames and doing some great work on CF fl.ca we'll get into stamps talk next time thanks for your time enjoy the weekend thanks ballsy talk to you soon that's pat steinberg joining us on the western pizza hotline we'll be back with more of the sports cage in a moment here on 620 ckrm all right back with your sports ticker it's 526 inside the sports cage and your sports ticker is brought to you by busy b overhead busy b will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out catch the buzz busy b doors the garage door specialists three games in the saskatchewan junior hockey league tonight humboldt is in estevan and i think last hour i said puck drop for that one it was at 7 30 it's actually at seven o'clock that one the other two games do start at 7.30. The other two games are Flin Flon at North Battleford and Nippowin up in LaRange to meet the Ice Wolves. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chats from your official voice of the Regina Pats, 620 CKRM. Well, the Regina Pats broke their two-game losing skid on Saturday with a come-from-behind 5-4 overtime win over the Medicine Hat Tigers, a real gritty game. So they've got some momentum as they move into Lethbridge tonight. They're now 3-3 over the last six games and have points in four of their last six road games. A 1-2-2-1 record. Hurricanes coming off a 6-0 loss to the Brandon Wheat Kings. On Saturday, finishing their road trip 1-3 with their only victory coming over the Pats on January 19th, a 6-2 victory. Marked the third time this season and second time by the Weekings that the Hurricanes were shut out. So, the uh, Pats and the Hurricanes tonight in Lethbridge. It's an 8 o'clock face-off. We'll be on the air with the pregame show with Dante DiCaria at 7.30. Talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Friday show is brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. We're here with an old friend, Daniela Ponticelli, uh, who uh, was doing some sports casting for us, mainly on the Ryder broadcast for a couple of years, and now she's 
In the bigger time, she's uh, on TSN CBC. You see her with the Professional Women's Hockey League. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Michael. So tell us how uh, how it's been going for you so far. I've watched a couple of games. You're doing a nice job. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, it's been great to think that it hasn't even been a full month. February 1st, that is officially the first month of PWHL. And it's just been nonstop. The hockey has been great, which... You know, we all we all had high hopes and expectations for, but to see it all play out as it has has been phenomenal. So many close games as well. Half of the games played already. It's been three two finishes, so it just shows you how close the contests are and the, the parity in this league already. Yeah, uh, just talk about maybe what an eye opener it's been in terms of the uh, the quality of play, the parity, things like that. I wouldn't say it's too much of an eye opener in the sense that uh, there was certainly a high expectation with the with the level of skill these stars were bringing to the game. But I will say it has been absolutely incredible. The physical play uh, is exactly you know what has been um, what the women's game has wanted to showcase. Right, all of these these good hits, clean hits have been phenomenal to see. It's happening a little bit in the U sports level. I've seen it there, but to now have the consistent officiating to go along with it has been remarkable. So we get to see the physicality of these athletes, the strengths, the speed. This game is fast and very, very skilled. So in that in that part, it's been great to see. So you're a national broadcaster, so when I interview Glenn Suter, he's got to kind of toe the line. He can't uh, sway one way or the other. Do you When you do a game, do you dress uh, a neutral color? Because he never puts on the color tie of the team, one of the teams he's broadcasting. Yes, I'm the same way. I definitely, if I'm going to wear anything of a color that might be uh, one of the teams playing, I sometimes I'll wear both colors, right? <laughs> yeah. Like a red and blue blue combo because uh, I do like my colors. I like to be a little bit bright on air, but yeah, I'm the same way. I'm not there for one team or another. I am calling more Toronto games given where I'm now located, but uh, there's such a great mix and I really enjoy the atmosphere in all the Canadian barns so far. Great energy, not only the sold out crowds, but the ones that are near sellouts and Ottawa, especially very, very loud fans. Yeah. Expand on that for me. Cause that was going to be my next, uh, uh, line of questioning, you know, what is the vibe like and is it better in Canada than the state, so to speak? Okay, that's, ooh, I mean, I'm always going to be biased towards Canada. I think we've got great hockey fans. I've only seen the Canadian crowds live. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are so loud, though, and uh, Montreal has really turned up. I, it's a party, Michael. It's a party in the in the, the atmosphere there. It's not like some other games I've seen or been part of. Sometimes the lights will go down during the intermission, and it's like a disco in there. It's really something. Um, but I will just say, I think the Canadian fans bring the passion. So I'll just say, and Anecdotally, I think the Canadian crowds rock. Of course, Minnesota, though, what a show they put on for their home opener. 13,000 plus wow. fans. Yeah, that's real good. Daniela mm-hmm. Ponticelli joining us here, old friend of the show. I don't mean old, but you know what I mean, a familiar friend <laughs> of the show. Don't want to say that. So in, in, in terms of, you know, uh, looking at this uh, at this league, the one thing that I do have a problem with or the kind of bugs me, and maybe you can step in, we don't have team names. I'd love to see us have team names like the Ottawa, the Montreal. Can you? I've heard a kind of rumblings as to why, but can you just uh, fill us in from what you know? All I know is what's already out there publicly, and that the names were 
definitely are, not were, are definitely coming. Uh, that is, that's no question. There will be team names and all of that. Mm-hmm. All I know is there were uh, some trademark names. It didn't receive a lot of public, you know, the public yeah. was mixed on it, to put it politely. But whether that led to a determination not to move forward, that I am very unclear on, so mm-hmm. I can't speak to that. Mm-hmm. It's more so, you know, there's names out there. The teams are discussing it. The league is looking at it. But the biggest priority with the four months that the league had to be to, to come from announcement to actually playing was getting a CBA in place. They're the first ever professional league to do that, to have a CBA in place before starting. Uh, that was huge. And making sure that players were, were paid and making sure that everything was good to go. And so much happened in four months. You had a draft. You had uh, venues and schedules and all of that. So I think... From my understanding, it was just that those other more important items took uh, took priority. Yeah. Okay, a couple more questions for you, Daniela Ponticelli. I, I know we called games together on Access Now. Uh, you hosted the mm-hmm. panel there, but what's it like being in some of these venues and calling the games with the uh, colleagues you're calling them with? Oh, it's been amazing, right? You're just, I, you always learn, like, I learned from working with you, I learned from working with Luke, and then I learned from working with the likes of Cheryl Pounder and Becky Keller. So it's been such an incredible experience from that perspective to work with so many titans of this game and people who have put in so much time and know what it's like to be on these stages. It's just so much fun. And you get to know the crews really well, too, because it's kind of a small family once you get going, even though we're hopping city to city, it's a lot of the same faces, and that has just been... Yeah, it's been life-changing in the best way. Speaking of life-changing, you moved away with your uh, boyfriend now, Adam, the dogs. Uh, How's life in the big smoke? (laughs) It's been good, although I feel like I'm not really home all that much. Yeah. Uh, But it it has been really, just really great. Again, uh, you know, you you touched on it. I moved for other reasons, and it just so happened that all of this lined up in the perfect way with what I've been doing in my work with the University of Saskatchewan Women's Hockey Program. Uh, so I'm just absolutely delighted that it all lined up the way it has. Really? So, Daniela, you, not to get in your kitchen too much, we don't want to, to be TMZ radio here, but I was always wondering that. Did you have something on the front burner when it came to work, or was it you went for the relationship and then you uh, this all fell into place? I guess that's what you said. I made the decision to, at least verbally made the decision to start moving this way for that personal relationship uh, earlier in 2023, Mm -hmm. right? And it's one of those things where, you know, you're like, this is what my goal is, this is my plan, and you're going to try to work towards that. You never know fully what's going to happen. And so as things came into shape towards the fall, it made sense. It looked like it was good. But still, you know, you're you're kind of moving along. I've been a contract worker the last uh, three years. And so I kind of figured, okay, I'm going to take this leap and see what's there. And so it worked out that a lot of the work I had done with the women's hockey prior to this, just set things up, had some conversations. I did audition, but all of this happened within the couple of weeks that I was moving here. And so, uh, yeah, no word of a lie. That's the truth. It just all, it truly did line up that way. All right. So you got a game to call tonight. We appreciate you on a game yeah. day, taking time out of your schedule. I know how busy a game or a game day is like that uh, from, uh, from that chair. Who do you got tonight? Tell us about the game. Yes, Toronto versus New York. It is the league opener rematch where New York Mm -hmm. spoiled everything for Toronto for nothing. Got the first shot out as well in the PWHL. Ella Shelton scored her her first goal, first goal 
of the league as well. So I think uh, obviously Toronto wants to win this one bad. They need it for the standings too. They're one third of the way done after tonight in this inaugural season. That's how quickly 24 games goes, right? And that's the thing too. These teams are all vying to be in the top four of the six to get into playoffs to try to get a shot at that first championship later on. And uh, this is a big one tonight. They also are looking for their first home win. Last Canadian team to do that. Daniela Ponticelli, thanks uh, for uh, our uh, professional working relationship. I consider you a friend, and it's uh, I get a kick out of watching you on TV. You're, uh, you're trailblazing there, so continued success. Thank you so much, Michael. Appreciate it. The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here comes the blitz near him and got him. The ball is loose. And who's got it? San Diego Supercharger. Pocket collapsing. Down goes Green. Rookie Sean Merriman. Under pressure. And he goes down. Sean lights out Merriman with his sixth sack of the season. Very happy to be joined on the Western Pizza Hotline now by Mr. Lights Out himself, Sean Merriman, former Charger and Buffalo Bill, three-time uh, Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro joining us. Thanks for uh, taking time out of your schedule. You got it, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, so you are uh, you're big into the fighting game. Let's talk about that first. Uh, Lights Out Extreme Fighting. Just tell us a little bit about it, and you got a big event coming up here mid-February. Got a huge event. Lights Out Extreme Fighting is my MMA organization. Uh, we got a huge fight coming up Friday, February 16th. Um, it'll be live on Fubo TV, Fubo Sports. Uh, if you guys don't have Fubo out there, make sure you get it. This one's our biggest car we've had in the history of the company. Um, we're have, we're a little over halfway sold out already, which is pretty cool. Um, you can find out more information at lightsoutxf.com. But yeah, watch Fubo, uh, Lights Out Extreme Fighting, uh, February 16th. Uh, football sports has uh has fighting always been kind of part of your background i know you're like a obviously an nfl player so you're used to and loving the physical contact but where does the love of fighting come from you know it came from uh in between 2005 and 2006 i started to pick up the training um just to help me out in football right you wanted to be better as an outside linebacker pass rusher using my hands and i just fell in love with the sport man so just being around this sport for 17 years training during the offseason my whole entire career and uh even now still trying to you know i'm about to walk in and do a little mitt work and a uh, little jujitsu groundwork and just try to take discipline man i think that more former athletes should pick up some kind of combat sport at some point so do you have like 10 or 12 plays left in you if you had to yeah if, if i got a call in the playoffs man i can come hold the point on the run for a couple of teams maybe a couple of third downs <laughs> if needed but uh I, I enjoy this side of it, man. Um, I'm, you know, when you get a, away from the game, you become a fan. You know, it takes a couple of years before you kind of get that that fan bug, and that's what I have, man. I love watching some of these great defensive players now, man. To kind of watch from the outside in. Yeah, okay, we'll get the football in a second, but just to wrap up the fighting thing, Sean, uh, are you like you just said you're going to be working out in the gym? I don't mean this literally, but I, figuratively, are you a hands-on owner? Are you into like the marketing and everything like that? Oh man, nothing, nothing really moves without me, <laughs> without my hands being on it. And uh, I, I love it, man. Um, honestly, you know, when you get done with the game, um, you try to look for that next thing that you have that passion in, right? Because it's so hard to replace running out to seventy plus thousand people and millions of people watching. 
And, you know, I found that with Lights Out Extreme Fight, man. So it's been something that gets me out of bed in the morning and keeps me up competing. You were a San Diego Charger. I was a San Diego Chargers fan. I was going to be done with them when they moved, uh, you know, and then when Rivers was done. But then I got into this Herbert guy. Is it once a Charger, always a Charger free? Doesn't matter where they're, they're playing? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, they could have moved to... Uh, in the UK, they could have moved uh, anywhere in a foreign country. I've still been a Chargers fan, and I think for me, um, you know, that as you just said, that excitement is around the team. I know they didn't have the season that they just wanted to, but you got to think, man, if they get the appropriate coach in there this time around, the tools are there. They got the weapons, right? You got the star quarterback, you got receivers, you got star players from the defense. So whoever comes in is going to be working with a lot. And so that's, that's where the excitement comes back in there. you got to appreciate a guy like Khalil Mack and what he's still doing at a high level. Yeah, and yeah, I want to say thanks to the Raiders and thanks for the Chicago Bears, right, for, yeah. for letting him go. Uh, because, you know, when you got a guy like that who is consistently putting up those numbers, he just crossed over 100 sacks. Um, and, and like I just said, when you're, when you're a fan of the game, you appreciate great players at that position. So uh, I, I've uh, been with the Chargers since 1981. I've had a lot of heartbreak. I can think of Marlon McCree's fumble. I can think when you guys hobbled into New England and almost beat them in that undefeated season in the AFC Championship game. Um, yeah, there's been some heartbreak. Buffalo Bills fans know heartbreak. That's where you wrapped up your career. What's that like to get so close and not be able to get over the hump? It's hard, man, and I feel bad for him because I really thought that they had an opportunity to win that game. I thought that this could be the year for him. I expected, you know, a Ravens, uh, Baltimore, uh, you know, Ravens, uh, Bills, AFC championship game. Even I do think that the Ravens are the best team in football right now. I thought that would have been a, a really good matchup. But, you know, as long as you got Josh Allen there and then they got some weapons, they just need to get over the hump, right? Just with one or two plays they need to make in order to come out and win that. Nothing gets past Mahomes and the Chiefs, um, but I, I really do believe the Bills had a chance to win that game. Do you think the Bills' championship window is now closed? I, I wouldn't say closed, but it, it definitely is uh, you know, closing up, right? Because we all know that you got this three- or four-year window where you have a great team, right, great quarterback, wide receiver, you got players, and then it gets to the point where – Contract negotiators get involved, coaching staff moves. I mean, a lot of changes in the front office, you know, a lot of movement. And so that window is closing for them. I don't think it's closed, but it definitely is closing. Well, you know, you say three to four window, but the Chiefs are going to their sixth straight AFC championship game. What a remarkable run. Is there more pressure on the Chiefs, Sean Merriman, or the Ravens? I think it's on the Ravens, and I'll tell you why. Um, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson got a, a lot of flack over the years by not making it this far, and it's mostly been because of his health, right? He he just hasn't been healthy enough towards the end of the season for them to make a run. And so now that he's finally there with this amount of pressure, new contract, they got an awesome team, I mean, from, from top to bottom and, and a lot of different positions. they got a great coach. So the expectations are a little bit higher for them and, you know, no one's going to look at the Chiefs. I'm saying if, the, if they do lose, no one's going to say, oh, my God, it's not the, they're not good anymore. These guys have been going, as you just said, back-to-back. So the pressure, to me, in my opinion, is really on the Ravens. So, Sean Merriman, which team, in your opinion, is better suited for the future? The Packers with Jordan Love or the Texans with C.J. Stroud? Two teams we didn't expect anything of, and they both had a great year. Yeah, and, and I hate to put those two up against each other because they're two really good quarterbacks, but you got to think for C.J. Stroud, the ceiling is higher. 
right? For him to do what he did as a rookie, also D'Amico Ryan's coming in his first year, getting those guys as far as they did. We we all thought that it was a rebuilding year for them, right? They're going to take a couple of years to get going. And these guys made it into the playoffs, and nobody expected that. So um, I think the ceiling's higher for C.J. Stroud, but no, I don't want to, you know, shortchange Jordan Love and what he did this year because I didn't expect that either. No. Hey, Baker Mayfield, I didn't expect this from Baker Mayfield, but here's a question for you, Sean Merriman. Should he be paid like a top 10 quarterback next year? I, I would say so. I would say so. And with Baker, if you look at it, um, he had high praises from the Rams, right? I mean, they, they really praised him. If Matt Stafford wasn't there, he probably could have signed there. If they didn't have a quarterback, he would have stayed there. So um, I really am happy for Baker Mayfield because he also has kind of been uh, moved around a lot, put in some bad positions. Just think about this. He was lining up on the uh, defensive scout team, a defensive end for the Carolina Panthers. And, and now wow. you're talking about a quarterback who was in the playoffs and playing well and just turned that team around, man. So I'm, I'm really happy for Baker. Well, and you know, you talk about redemption. I think if you look up redemption, that's a good guy. You'd see his face beside that. That would be Baker Mayfield. How about Jared Goff? He got discarded by the L.A. Rams, and now he's one step away from going to the Super Bowl. It'll be a, it'll be a big mountain to climb, but hey, the Detroit Lions have been uh, rolling here, and it's great for their long-suffering fan base. I, you know what? I, I don't think that mountain is as big as people think. Um, I said this coming into the season, how they finished up last year, they, they're playing with a lot of momentum. And I, I, I don't think that people give a Dan, credit, uh, Dan Campbell enough credit in, in the mentality he instilled in that team, man. Like, they're believing. If you hear, if you hear uh, uh, Aiden Hutchinson after the game, these guys sound confident. They don't sound like an underdog in any situation. That really comes from the top. That comes from Dan Campbell and what he – instilling these guys before the season has started and how he, he's keeping these guys going all season long. So I don't think Dan Campbell is getting really the credit he all, also deserves. Would you, like, without uh, without being around Dan Campbell, but just what you see from him and what what you know personally, would you would, do you see a lot of Marty Schottenheimer, your old coach, in Dan Campbell or vice versa? Because I kind of do. So so much, man, so much. And I, and I felt that. Just the way he cares about the players. You know, one thing about Marty Schottenheimer, Marty Schottenheimer will get you to run through a wall. And that that was his philosophy. And, you know, he was so personable with the players. He made he made guys who didn't believe, believe. And that's what Dan Campbell was doing for those guys. So i got to ask you one last question that will get you to plug your fighting once again here in mid-February. So you played with one of my favorites, Philip Rivers. He never won a championship, and, and people – some will not consider him a Hall of Famer because of that. Lamar Jackson's another guy, a different type of athlete, otherworldly, but people have talked about he's got to win the big one. Do you have to win the big one to validate your career at that quarterbacking position? I'm always in the middle of that, man, because I know that we're going to compare quarterbacks because of championships, and it's really because of like guys like Tom Brady and Joe Montana and guys who won you know two, three-plus rings. Uh, that we put so much value on that, man. But football is such a team game, right? Not just with the players, the coaches, uh, front office, and the movement. There's a lot of moving parts, man. And, and Tom Brady, you know, had basically the same staff of people his whole entire career. And, you know, so there, there's an upside to that. And with Phillip, you know, we had Marty, who, who was let go after a 14-2 season and brought in North Turner, which is also a great coach, but also a different mentality. So if you, I, I look at individual stats, you look at Philip Rivers' numbers. Anybody that questioned him being a Hall of Famer is just not really paying attention. Um, that's saying like a Dan Marino isn't a Hall of Fame. I mean, this you know you gotta overlook 
some kind of championships and, and a guy's body of work. Phillip Rivers, his, his uh, longevity, I mean, the games he didn't miss, and you talked about the AFC Championship game, a guy who had his knee scoped, his ACL scoped, just so he can play in the game. I mean, those things matter to me. Yeah, I agree, Sean Merriman. Okay, uh, so Super Bowl Sunday, which will be right before your event, a few days before, who are we going to be watching in the Super Bowl? You know, I'm, I'm taking the Ravens. I think they are the best team in football, and I'm going with the Lions. I, I said before the season started that the Lions were the biggest sleeper. Um, they're also a team that you don't want to play because they're gritty. Um, they play hard. They're physical. And I, I think the fans of Detroit deserves for those guys to go, and it'll be a big win for the city. All right, and lastly, once again, give a shout-out to your event coming up February 16th, a Friday night, uh, live on Fubo. Yep, February 16th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting. We have a big event. We'll be live on Fubo TV, Fubo Sports. Uh, you can get your information at lightsoutxf.com, but this one is our biggest car yet. We got the we got some amazing up-and-coming superstars. You guys want to check this one out. Man, I was uh, happy to have a chance to talk to you. Uh, maybe we can chat again down the road. I can't wait, man. Thanks for having me. That's Sean Merriman, former NFL player with the uh, San Diego Chargers and the Buffalo Bills briefly, and uh, he's uh, got his lights out extreme Lights out extreme fighting, so check that out, Fubo, middle of February. Um, Michael Ball, Sean Kleisinger back in here. Thanks to Nelson Holmes for getting on board. Western Pizza, also uh, our text line powered by the Capital Auto Group. Big weekend for senior hockey. They got their provincial playdown starting up this weekend, so uh, check your local area rink and go check that out. There's so many different leagues. Coppel, what, Coppell Valley Hockey League now? Coppell Valley Highway Hockey League, I think they call it. There's the... Yep. Oh, I know there's so many leagues I can't even keep up. Big Bell Goni Bajans guy. Yeah. I was there calling uh uh a young kids game, their U eleven game. I saw I was at the rink. There's a nice little rink. Did you go watch they just re didn't you have one of their guys on? They lost the team and got it back. Yeah, Riley Nargang. I used to do public address announcing for the Bell Goni Bisons couple You did? Yeah, that's how I kinda that was my first ever broadcast job. I used to do PA announcing for uh senior hockey. Yeah. Used to play in that arena a lot. Over the years, the Belgoni, the Belgoni Stardome. I was a uh, Adam Tier One Flyers. It would have yeah. been two thousand and three. Yeah. Sean Kleisinger going up against Jaden Schwartz. Ooh, that's a good one. Jaden Schwartz. One guy is successful. The other guy is Jaden Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so uh, so uh, check Ryan that. Murray was also on that team. Check that out. Uh, also, uh, Brendan Gallagher got a five-game suspension for that chicken wing elbow to the head of Pellick. That was a dirty one. So uh, five games is what I thought he'd get. So he'll be out for uh, five games. And, uh, oh, want to do this here. Check this out. This is... Uh, Mr. Baseball, he's 90 years old. Bob Euchre, love it. Strand two. At the end of two complete, it is Milwaukee nothing, California nothing. And now the funniest joke I ever heard. These two ball players went duck hunting. They were out in the marshes for over an hour. They didn't get anything, didn't shoot anything. Finally, one says to the other, I wonder why we haven't got any ducks. The other one says... Maybe we're not throwing the dog up high enough. <laughs> That's pretty good. I love Bob Euchre. Still does the games, too, for the Brewers, right, if I'm not mistaken? I believe At least so. Select, yeah. select games, anyway. And 63, man, I feel old. Wayne Gretzky is 63 years old. This is the night he got five goals to end up getting 50 and 39. Five goals 
away from 50. He has played 38 games. Callaghan being chopped at by Watson. To the side of the net. Gwen Anderson now moves to the near boards. Gives it to Coffey. His quick shot. Wide of the net. Gretzky scores! Oh. To Dave Lovelin. To Gretzky. Gretzky inside. Control, copy, rink line, Gretzky. Cutting inside a hot fire. Go! What a goal! What a goal! Now copy, playing it up. Bobby Clark keeping it in deep. Up around, kept in by Barber at the right point. That was off Clark's shoulder. In the corner, fired it in front. Here is our empty net chance for Gretzky in five seconds. be wrong, but that sounds like a young John Wells. Don Cherry, one of the color commentators in that game. I think they had a three-man booth. He's 63 today. I'll, I'll leave you with this stat. In a world of stats, baseball has too many of them. We debate who's the greatest of all time. I don't think you can compare eras, but I don't think... like I, Let this marinate for a second, okay? Think about this. If Wayne Gretzky never scored a goal, he's the leading scorer in NHL history. Think about that. We're talking about Ovi catching him in terms of goal scoring. That's great. But if Gretzky never scored one goal, yeah. he's the greatest scorer in NHL history. That might be the biggest lopsided statistic in a good way in, in sports. Can't think general. of it. You're right. We or we're right. You can't compare eras. But in his era, did anybody dominate his sport more than Wayne Gretzky? No. I can't think of it. I think if there was, we'd see the statistics to. Bear it out. Bear it out. All right. That'll do it for this week's show. We'll be back next week. Lee, Sean, and I are here for a couple days. Then we're off. We, You and I are in lockstep. You got some stuff going on. I got some stuff going on. Got to burn off some holidays. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Today's Sports Cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.